listening to Bennington on Opie Radio, XM 103, Sirius 206.
promise I won't bore you. Ron Bennington, host of The Ron and Fez Show, unmasked in Ron Bennington interviews, is going to show you a side of him you've never experienced. You would be very lucky if in your whole life you saw the work of one genius. This is Bennington. The form of the tragic autobiography is dead. Goodbye, written word. So I have chosen this form, radio, to author my life. And here's your host, Ron Bennington. That's an uh, incredibly strange opening. Thank you, Shelbs. Thank you, Chris Stanley. Uh, I am Ron Bennington, and this is NPR Jazz playing in the background as I talk right now. Uh, for those people who can remember, uh, I was on this channel for many, many years. Let's uh, bring that uh, jazz down a little bit. So, uh, not only doing the Ron and Fez show here on... Uh, on this channel, but also doing a lot of things around the office, stuff that needed to be done. And quite frankly, one of my jobs was to monitor Anthony's Twitter. And uh, a couple got past me. I don't know how. Late night stuff, you know. I'm not up all night. A couple got past me. Found myself at Raw Dog after that. Talking with hack comics one after another. Oh, oh, then where are you going to be playing? Oh, great. Where's that? North Carolina? But, God damn it, I'm back. Now, we went through all the shows. Uh, well, actually, you didn't even get all the shows in there, uh, boys, because it started with the Ron and Ron show in Florida, uh, then Ron and Fez, Unmasked, Ron Bennington Interviews, all failures, just a string of failures, decades long, just one after another. And by the way, I'm just going to say this and get it out of the way, and I know I shouldn't defend myself when I'm making amends. I, don't, I think some of those tweets were acceptable. And boom, I'm saying it. Done. Okay, now I'm back. I'm finally back where I belong. Um, so we wanted to do something different, because God damn it, I've been hanging around radio forever, and a lot of people go, you know, we know you on the radio, but we don't know who you are and what you are like. And I thought I would do, I would take a shot here and today with me. And the first time of all these years is Gail Bennington, who I've known uh, most of my adult life. And literally all of her life. Now, Gail Bennington, and there's no relation. Uh, no relation mm. between us at all. Hmm? Mm. Weird thing to say. What I'm so, well, you know what? I'm still probably a little bit guarded. But there's probably related through marriage. <laughs> I've known her mother for a long time. So, here we are, and you're doing the show with me today. Hello. I'm How's this... Is this weird for you after all these years yeah, of me being in radio and this is the first time? This is very strange. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah, but it's cool. I'm I'm excited to be here. Well, you've always uh, you've hung around my shows all I've these years. I've always been around in the background. In the background doing things, coming to see, and now here you are. 
uh, with me. Now, we made the, 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 the craziest mistake last night was uh, going out to dinner. And then hanging out late. <laughs> and then late night celebration. <laughs> yeah, a little na- late night celebration. Little early today. Without realizing, you know, how early a morning show is. We had 45 minutes of sleep. Uh, but we're here. Now, also, I made just this enormously bad mistake last night of the restaurant that I picked was the old Elaine's in the Upper East Side, which was one of the great saloons, one of the great pubs of all time. It's now called the Writing Room, and it's like John Taffer came in, destroyed it through some corporate shitty idea, and sitting in that restaurant last night, I've never been quite so depressed. You were really sad. Was I? I thought it was just the chicken, though. But <laughs> because I ordered fried chicken, and it you came in a little basket like a child. I had a nice night. You did have a good time. I had a nice night. I don't even remember what you ordered. I had a rib. Just prime, a rib. Prime rib. <laughs> prime rib. This is the type of place it is: fried chicken and prime rib. It's a classy place. It felt like you should look out to your left and see planes landing. It was that it was a, depressing. Yeah, it's a death in New York. Well, the uh, yeah, well, New York is over, as you know. You live in Crooklyn. I do. Up to Crooklyn. Yeah, and I'm still back here in Manhattan, and it's getting uh, a little more depressing every year. I spend very little time in Manhattan now. But is that something that, that people say in Brooklyn? It is, a, it is something people say. Why uh, the hate? I think so. Yeah, or just. That people brag like I don't even go to Manhattan. Is that what they say? Yeah. I haven't been there in weeks. <laughs> See, I, I've actually it, I didn't think that you would move to New York and then be jealous of somewhere else that was also so close by. Right. I, like I, I have no problem being jealous about LA's weather, but I certainly never thought I'd get to the point where people would go, "Well, do you want, want to come over and go to a great restaurant? It's in Brooklyn." You're always welcome. I don't want to be. Our you doors are I mean? open. No, you know what the the problem with going to uh, Brooklyn is? Is uh, at the end of the day, it feels like it feels like the freshmen have taken over. That's the <laughs> biggest problem that I have. It's like no, it's like being out of high school for two years and then you go back to a kegger, and you're like, <laughs> do I not belong here? Yeah, well, it's a kid's playground. Is it, though? I mean, I don't know. No, I don't know whether it's adult. the kid or it's the, it's the new, you know, it's the whole new thing. Um, but, but they're already ready to say Brooklyn's over. Brooklyn's done. Why? What's going to be next? It's Queens. No. That's what they say. It will never be Queens. you got to get on the ground floor. No. In a, in a million years, Queens will never be the happening place. Because I've been to Queens. And uh, actually traveling through Queens is the only time I ever say in my life, I can't wait till I get to Long Island. I can't <laughs> wait till I get through this and get to Long Island. There's no cool part of Queens. Is, it, is it a stories? No. It's supposed to be? Um, no. Stories? No. I, believe me, I've been over there to restaurants. No, it's not there. Brooklyn, I will get. Uh, I will give you uh, flat out that there is a there's a good feel there, but there's absolutely no feel, no feel in the story whatsoever. Cheap rents, yeah, a, a chance to go down in the basement and 
and throw horseshoes, okay. I'm with that. But at the end of the day, no, there's nothing There's probably there. some cool stuff we don't even know about. We're not invited yet. Who would do it, though? People from Queens? I mean, certainly somebody has to start the scene. All right. Uh, I don't know what phone number we're going to be using today. I think we're using the Ron and Fez number, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, I know that today two of my boys showed up in support. Chris Stanley surprised me. I saw him early on. Shelby is here. And then I looked high and low and no fess. Oh. He's here in his own way, in spirit. In, in his spirit, yeah. Either that or he dropped dead on the way in. I don't know which one. He's, at, he's actually, even though he's just recently out of the hospital, he's How's he going doing? to the... What do you, how do you think he's doing? He's doing terrible. But he's going back to the doctor again today. Um, because there's more tightening in his chest at that pin cushion that used to be called his uh, heart. Um, now, uh, you picked the uh, music this morning, right, Gail? I did, yeah. William Onibar but does the original song, which I thought I was turning you on to something new, and no. I never can. Why do you even say that? Uh, You've turned me on to bands before. I can't recall. The first band you ever turned me on, <laughs> Sublime. We don't talk about that. I was a child. I have no sh- I'm not ashamed. I like to... Oh, I still think Sublime is great. You, you This is a, a thing. And a, as a matter of fact, I was talking to Dane Cook about this uh, today, later on, on the Rana Fez show. It's an Unmasked with Dane Cook. But I had to explain to him, I think a lot of people have hated him and given him shit because of his audience right. more than even just him just like John Mayer gets a lot of shit for his audience you also can't be too successful there's like a middle ground before you know people are not gonna what do you think the high because I don't think people have turned on Ricky Gervais and he's pretty goddamn successful I think I think they're starting to though no I think they are then I'll fight that I think they I are. I would go shoulder to shoulder to fight for Ricky. You can't be, t- you can't be too underground because then people feel like, oh, what is this well, too who's, cool yeah. for me to get? And then you can't be too successful. All right, give me somebody who's right in the pocket where you're just underground enough. I'm going to guess it's R.E.M. still. Is it still R.E.M.? <laughs> still. They still haven't broke. <laughs> They've maintained. Do no, they still play? No, they're gone. They're, they're, they're done. done. Yeah, they're done. Actually, that was a few years ago, and they made an announcement like we're not going to make any new records. Who asked you to? Yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. You don't even. Nobody even uh, was asking for it. I'm going to put out a, an announcement. I'm not making any more albums myself, <laughs> um, and I don't think I'm going to tour anymore. It's just not worth it for me to tour with my band. Um, but you really feel like you can't come up with a, a new act that I don't already know, like a comedy or no? You no, about- I'm, I'm saying a music. I don't know. It's tricky. I feel like very disconnected m- musically right now. Well, everybody is because you don't know who to care about. There's no it's one true. to care about. And every, this is one of the reasons why people hate Brooklyn, because they feel like there's bands there that they don't know. Right. And we demand to know who the bands are. And if the hipsters listen to the bands without us, it hurts us very, very much. It hurts. 
really bad to think that someone likes music that you don't know. That's the biggest problem in the world for most people. Me, I like bands that are still in the garage, but they're fighting like they're going to break up. I want bands... Mid-level band. Mid-level band, struggling with stardom. The harsh face of stardom. (laughs) It's a think piece, is what it is. It's a think piece. Think Um, piece. I can't even remember the last time that I truly fell in love with a band. I know that most of the bands uh, that I like now are like some kind of neo-soul. Right. You know what I mean? Well, that's your scene. Is it my scene? I think so, yeah. I thought my scene was fucking a heroin addicted glam. I thought that's I thought that's where it all peaked. Who's good and new right now? I mean I like I liked Haim. Mm-hmm. I like them. Not but fast. not love. I like that album though. That's yeah. a good album. I can listen to that album start to finish. But here's the thing, when you say I like an album, that's a lot different than falling in love with an album. That's the way people you know, that's why people got passionate about music in the first place. Right. That you fall in love with an album so much, it's like it's it's like it's the new girl in high school. Yeah. And you're just like, I can't even approach this beautiful album. I'm just going to sit next to it. And maybe one day that album will need a pencil or <laughs> ask me, like, say, hey, do we have a test tomorrow? And I'll be there to save that album. Yes. It might not exist right now. Cheat up. Why wouldn't they exist? What has happened? I don't know. Or maybe I just don't know about it. Yeah, that's the see. That's the other problem. You used to be able to go onto the radio for music, but now you have to hunt and peck. It's almost like the music scene in the in America is like the movie The Road, where <laughs> you're in, you know, you're out there with your child, and it's dusty, and you know, and there's like you find a can and you stick him, <laughs> you just stick your knife into it, and you try to listen. To see if there's a song. That you, you could tell love. me about a time when music once existed. Oh, yeah. See, I lived there when it was just <laughs> green and plush with music. Bands would play, arenas would be filled. Yeah, that's the. Um, but, you know, even then, I know you went out and saw, uh, like, you've been trying to catch the, the classic rock people before they die. Yeah. By the way, if you just uh, are tuning in now, I'm Ron Bennington. Uh, filling in for Opie on Fridays, some Fridays, and with me, as always, Gail Bennington, no relation. Um, now, I just keep saying the. Uh... I I've never had a DNA test <laughs> to see if I'm related to you. We need a DNA <laughs> test. Yeah, and quite frankly, I feel like I don't have enough DNA left that I could even risk Damn. this. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to play that game. Um. But um, but you you've been, you went out and saw Neil Young recently. I did, yeah, I saw Fleetwood Mac. Just, Fleet, now, what did you think of the Fleetwood Mac show? It was amazing. It was really cool. Because, it was because you don't realize that that band. It's like every song is a hit. Every song is like a great song. Yeah. Every song. It's a singable song. And then here's the other thing that people forget with Fleetwood Mac. Lindsey Buckingham is a great fucking guitar player. And then you got that great rhythm section. And you're seeing like really great musicians. 
Now, nothing against anyone who's younger, but the, but you don't normally get bands that are that tight. Right. But there they was a time really. that that would have been the most horrifying night for you. You would have mocked out anybody who would have went to see Fleetwood Mac, I think. Me personally? Yeah. Years ago, I'm saying. Yeah, but when you're young, you're still, you know, finding, you know, trying to find your own scene by fucking mocking out everything that came before you. No, I didn't mock. I, I never mocked. I remember one time it. I actually said, "Get in here, watch this. It's Bruce Springsteen, you know, and it's, you blew me you off." You always bring this up, but let me tell you, yeah. to clear it up after all these years, <laughs> you put on a Bruce Springsteen concert. We sat there. No, watched, I didn't put it on. It it was no. Oh, you mean I put it on TV? Yeah, you okay. put it on TV. We were, we were watching it for some time, enjoying it. We were enjoying it. We were talking. We were having a great time. Yeah. I get a call from a, a crush. A crush, which you, were, you remember in a young person's life. That's very exciting. I go to take the call. I'm gone a few minutes. And then I come back. The TV's off, and you're sitting there so upset. I wasn't so upset. And you're like, you disrespected rock and roll. Here's the thing. You fucking missed 10th Avenue Freeze Out. I'm trying to show you something, um, and you miss... 10th Avenue uh, freeze out. That's that's insane to me. That's crazy. I had a crush. I was a young woman. Well, good. I hope you're happy with it because I never want you to listen to Springsteen again. Well, it didn't pan out. <laughs> We're they, no never <laughs> they never do. They never do. All right. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, I want to say one more thing to... Uh, before we move on, I was wondering this. How many songs does a band... Uh, how many albums can a band put out, right? Until... Okay, we got it. You don't really need to put out any more albums. Like most people... Right. I'm going to say, like, when you go to a concert, I'm going to say 90 to 95% of what you want to hear is on... the. F- However many albums that we're going to pick here. There's, a band can be around for 40 years, but we only want to hear the first how many albums you think. I think that there's like a sweet spot of like three to five. Right, and even then, you probably only like two of them. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. No, I mean, obviously there's great bands who like, I'm just talking about a regular band, mid-level band. No, any band. I'm going to say even most of the time you could look at Neil Young. And once you get past that first, right. um, since you're saying between three and five, I'll give you four, four albums, and you're like, mm. well, that's true because um, when I saw Neil Young, he played with uh, what's the band his, that he played, Crazy Horse, Crazy Horse, yeah, he played with, cra- and there's a lot of things like I love Neil Young, yeah, but uh, you Did know, the jamming got a little jammed <laughs> out, just got a little jammy. It was like there was a lot of time spent. Yeah. On each cinnamon instrument. girl, I understand. Just yeah, <laughs> and it. I don't. I don't have the patience. Maybe for the. Well, you don't come from a jam uh, generation. There's very little jamming. That's true. That yeah. took place after the seventies. I'm okay uh, with an occasional jam. It's like a moment in a concert. Not you a, don't like a jam band. You I don't know. That's a way too much time. All right, well, the next time you try to hit classic rock, and they may already be even be done, but the Almond Brothers band, they will jam. And I mean, they'll spend a lot of time. Yeah, I actually, um, 
was at an Almond Brothers show. Whipping Post started. And I'm like, oh shit, that's right. I, I got to run home for a second, drove two hours home, <laughs> made a phone call, fixed the sandwich, came back and heard, Sometimes I for you. I mean, I'm like, still, I didn't miss anything. You seen them a couple times? Or? Oh, I saw them many times. But you know why I never saw Dwayne? I was, I never saw when, uh, when Dwayne was alive. It actually bugs me a little bit. It still um, bugs me that, um, that the, there's people that I never got to see because yeah. they died. It's a bad feeling, and I'm trying to. I'm trying to. You're trying to rectify that I'm and catch to fix them all. It. Yeah. Who's next for you, Sammy Hagar, the Red Rocker? Uh, I wouldn't put that top. Is there somebody that you'd really want to see? You've never seen the Stones, right? I've never seen the Stones. Mm. Never. It seems important. I've seen them a lot, but I've never seen the Stones show that I want to see. What does I that just, mean exactly? I don't know. There's a stone show <laughs> in my head and maybe in my heart that is so good. And every time I show up, I think I want to see him in 1972. Right. So that, I'm driving to the show and I'm like, oh, this venue is bigger than I want it to be because in my head, it's smaller and, you know, there's smoke and there's French people doing heroin and smoking cigarettes. But the show starts and then I just start to think to myself, oh, fuck, this isn't the stone show. I thought I was going to say the right one. Yeah, there's some amazing stone show. Where, but where are you? Because that's so important in a concert. Like, where physically are you? Like, where is the best spot to be in a concert? You like to be up front. Do you like to be able to see? I like to be standing next to the band, to the side, with that big (laughs) yellow thing. And then sometimes I'll walk out towards the stage, just so people can see me (laughs) with that big backstage thing on. You know, that's where I want to be most of all. I want to be able to go. I could also go get a cold drink or a sandwich right, uh, you, th- right off of their table. That's where I want to be. Where, why, where do you like to say from? You got to be in the pit like Kid Rock, no, right? No, 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 not necessarily. You got to jump a, in the pit and try to love someone. Not anymore. <laughs> now I need the option to be able to get out. If I Any pit, and I will just yell this the whole time I'm in the pit. I will fuck you up. I'm not here to be pushed around by you people. It, it I'm scary. here to watch the show. And no, I'm, not with those skinny little pricks. Yeah, but it's it's more like the amount of bodies. It's yeah, just, I know. Can it's disgusting, terrible. and it smells, and it's awful. And it's something people do instead of liking music. I'm There's be totally like a very honest. specific smell in my mind of like a like a punk rock, <laughs> a punk rock show in New York City. Very small venue has a very specific smell in mind. All right, wait, hold on. Mike in Canada has an idea for you um, of who to guess. Now, I'm going to say this. uh, Since he's calling from Canada, it's probably either going to be Rush. (laughs) Um, Or, well, we'll give him a chance. Go ahead. Mike, Mike, you're on the Run and Fest show. Well... I, you just jogged my memory. I saw April Wine two summers ago. That was April so Wine. But, but, but the one I was actually thinking of was last night I drove past a casino in Michigan, and um, there was a, a billboard out front for ZZ Top in March, so I guess they're doing like a spring tour. And I saw ZZ Top in the stadiums in the 80s, but I, I saw the casino sign. I've never seen a casino show, but I gather it's probably a little bit more like a theater and that's a venue I'd really love to see ZZ Top at a theater. I think that would be cool as shit. So ZZ and Top is still out there swinging, huh? 
Yeah, and you know what? I, I see these casinos all over, you know, the Midwest, and generally if they're playing one in Michigan, they're probably doing, like, a whole slew of them. So even, like, in Connecticut or wherever you guys are close to, you know, they're probably going to be doing a casino there. To me, that would be a killer show, I think. Uh, I would, I'd go see, Z, I haven't seen ZZ Top in a million years. And, and uh, to me, the 70s, because a lot of people bring up that 80s Tush stuff, but uh, to me, that... Uh, that 70s albums are great. Hey, uh, here's uh, Vaughn. Vaughn, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, what's up, Ronnie? Welcome hey. back, bro. It's good to be back here. <laughs> and uh, again, I'm glad everything got for, you know forgiven. I got two things. They're on the opposite end of the music spectrum. We got You were talking about uh, bands making albums, and they should have stopped. And I'd say Pink Floyd, they just came out with a, a new album. And he could have stopped four albums ago. Yeah. Well, you know, they had their little fight. But uh, there's really nothing that I'd want to see after the wall with Pink Floyd. Right. And there's nothing that I'd really want to see, you know, probably before, you know, Dark Side. But see, wow. I, I like it when they play the whole album. Like, they'll play the album as a, um, you know, more or less like a movie. Or a play or something. Right, right. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But on the opposite end of that, I have, I'll bring up Jay-Z, where Jay-Z, to me, doesn't have any great albums, but he's responsible for some of the best hip-hop that's been made in the past one year. Yeah, I'm, um, I can't imagine sitting there for a Jay-Z, um, for a whole Jay-Z thing. I wouldn't mind if he came out for a song or two. I don't know, yeah. Like, I, I don't feel great about rap live you know it just doesn't they just yell at you too much and yeah, they're telling it just you it doesn't always noise. translate to live performance i think yeah or record it. it doesn't but when i saw i saw his performance with uh rihanna and, and oh you were out on that uh on that last uh tour that sold so well um hey jason jason you're on Bennington, because I called it the Ron and Fez show before, but it's Bennington. <laughs> yeah, I, I caught that. Yeah. Hey, I, I was wondering, when, when I was younger, I used to make some kind of iffy decisions in my life. It didn't make me a bad person, but I used to smoke an all-day cigarette. And, and I used to like listening to, you know, a nice, slow, mellow jam, you know, all this and all. My brother is just kind of tuning out a little bit. And now, if I listen to it since I kind of cleaned up, it makes me angry. So you, you, know, I, you I, I, but do you I think don't you want to too tied in with your addiction. I don't know, and that's why I was kind of wondering if is did you used to like listening to somebody you know jamming out, or were you always kind of just tuned out? I will say this: I mean, by the time the drummer starts, I'm you know, I'm done. I'm sure it takes a lot of talent, but you know, I'm sorry, I need some melody. I need a little something. Something to sing along to. Um, and that's what you got the other night, huh? When oh you, my when you God. went to Fleetwood Mac? It was crazy. Did it was one after another. Yeah. And it's like, you, every, you know every song. And that's yeah. the thing about Fleetwood Mac. It's just like every song's a hit. Every song is, you're ready to sing to. And was they there were a highlight just, for you, though? What's that? Uh, was there a highlight for you? There were a couple songs that shocked me, not even necessarily like 
my favorite song like little yeah. lies has never been like one of my favorites <laughs> but the two of those chicks just going up there like yeah. and that's the other thing christine's back and yeah, she was She's, gone for a while yeah that's some weird, funky, man-girl voice that she's got. It is That's so, so cool. unique. And so it's unique. still really cool. It's still... She sounds incredible. Yeah. But it's funny, too. Like, the they're talking. Like, anytime they're grabbing the mic and talking, it's like, you can feel a tension there still. <laughs> like, they feel really connected yeah. when, they're, when they're playing together. But uh, at one point... Stevie starts telling how they got Christine back, and she's yeah. like, uh, yeah, she called me up, and she's like, oh, can I come <laughs> back to play with you again? And yeah. I'm like, yes, of course you can. You're going to really have to work out, though. It's a workout up here. And you know what? She's been working out since January, and look at her. She looks great. Like, as if to say, she finally worked up to what I've been doing all these years, and yeah. I'm just so proud of her. We just really love her. And you could just see her, like, flexing her. Oh, right. yeah. And fucking, no, now I remember why I didn't, wasn't with the band. And I said, just come up to par, and we'll be happy to have you back. <laughs> she didn't and say she that, really, did she? No. <laughs> That's so fucking funny, though. If you can get it back, we'd love to have you. I don't see it. I mean, God, I believe in miracles, though. But I'm in this band. <laughs> you fucking like you know Mick is look, looking over his drums like oh shit I believe Mick in Fleet, Mick Fleetwood here's the thing about him he will play with that band in the biggest places in the world but when they all quit he'll take three fucking homeless fucking people out on the road and call it Fleetwood Mick I'm sure yeah he doesn't give he a was, shit he was shredding yeah. like he was just selling it and just yeah, like throwing he everything has. out there he and this, says, you know, it's funny. That band has such a reputation of being like a chick band, I yeah. think. Well, they were. They were kind a chick of. band. No, at the time in the 70s, they were something that chicks listened to. But, but why isn't it a... Why isn't it both? You know, I mean, to me... Look, of, I'm not saying of. that the world's fair. I'm not saying that, Gail. I'm not, I'm not going to say that there isn't misogyny, you know? But there are some bands that the dudes gravitate to. That's true. Even in some places, whole genres of music yeah. that only dudes go to. Now, metal is one of them. Yeah. Are there girls there? Yeah, but you don't want to have anything to do with those girls. I also, I also don't believe them. Oh, you don't believe? I don't like believe it? them. It's the same with football. <laughs> I never really buy that a woman likes football. Fly, not fully. Eagles fly. I'm just saying, show up. You watch Eagles games every week. I do, but you know, I have uh, men in my life who enjoy football, and you what, never, am I fight first of all, don't say that it's for me. It's for your boyfriend because you never cared about football before, and now you're acting like, hey, Eagles game. On yeah. Sunday. That's true. And that's why I don't believe women. So you 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 pretend that you like football. I'm not like I'm not lying about it, but I'm yeah. just making the best of a situation. I'm not gonna say, let's go for a hike today instead of watch football. Like I I get See that, that you're into it. I'm gonna make an effort to I, enjoy the things you enjoy. I, and then you get into it. It's it's exciting, you know? It's like you get wrapped up into the Fly, Eagles, fly. Do you use a Philly accent for him? Yeah. What do you we say? We talk entirely. You want a hoagie? 
We eat haggies. Yeah, exactly. I want mean, this. Want a coke without haggy? Go down to the store. Get a haggy. Yeah. Eagles are going to kick so much <laughs> ass. Um, but that's why men are more honest than women. Um, that a man would not fake something for a woman's benefit. Right, but then and women are known to fake. But it's not. There's not. Maybe it's not faking so much. It is like just. Adapting? Adapting, yeah. Yeah, adapting is a, a good word for faking. <laughs> I'm not faking that I'm You're I in a fake relationship <laughs> right now. Everything is lies. Here's the thing, though. He knows that, you're, that you, you really don't care about the game and you're just faking it for him. But he's like, that's great. Yeah, that's he good. appreciates it. And yeah. we, we get into it. It's fun. Um, hey, Doug. Doug, you're on the run of Fez show. Hey, man. How's it going? Good. Hey, I think what music, what's wrong with music these days is a combination of a, a few things, a bunch of things maybe. It's a combination of uh, corporate um, interests uh, pushing pushing uh, only There's very stuff little that they corporations left that can make and money it, off music. They can't. Well, and, and another thing is lack of talent and the fact that they don't put out um, full albums like that are good, like every song, like the girl was saying, like she can listen to like every song that hit, you know, it's like one or two out, one or two, two songs, this is the hit songs, and then the rest are throwaways. And but it then, was always you know, like that. It was like that from the beginning. You know, albums, here's the thing about albums. They weren't even big until maybe the mid 60s. And then they ran until somewhere into the 90s. Little Steven from that band that you refused to watch that night because the phone rang. Um, and by the way, I feel like you broke broke kayfabe on our family by giving that story away. I thought we you were setting me up for it. No, no, you went too far. And um, you know, there should be some privacy that I can expect here. This should be a safe place for me as well. But uh, but little Steven said to me. 64 to, you know, Kurt Cobain killed himself. What was that, 93, 94? And that was it. That was the end of what everybody really thought of as album rock. Right. Anything that happened on any side of that is done. Go ahead. This guy, this fella, had a point about it. It is not... Uh, the same environment for music anymore. Well, you can't. You don't have all, all the money. Right. If, like, the Eagles had, like, a year to make Hotel California. Pink Floyd making Dark Side went into that studio and fucked around forever. You, no one can afford to do that anymore because, and I'm not trying to blame your generation for everything, but you steal music. You go right. on your computer and you basically break into a record store and steal albums and then you're surprised that the whole thing died. But is that where it started? Was the stealing of the music? I mean... Well, when when you say this thing has no value anymore, yeah. I think everyone said, yeah, I guess there's no value to it whatsoever. It has nothing. You've taken it away. Right. You have a... There's a generation out there that cares about sneakers and doesn't care about music. And it goes to show. What do they put all the innovation into? Sneakers. Does anyone put any innovation into music? No. Do you feel, though, that everyone 
of that of your generation of that time actually really cared about music though? At least anyone that I know. Right. Anyone that I know I think But there still had to be a majority of it's not like everyone was cool. I mean there was still no. be a majority of people no. who were I don't know who they were, though. But there was enough people that the music could sustain. Like, when I I can remember, and here's the thing. I can remember where you weren't going to be able to buy albums all the time because you're a kid. And if somebody had that album, people went to his house, sat down, and we put on the fucking album. And that was it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? We listened to that album the way you would watch a, a movie. Let, let me do it for you younger people. Like, you would look at an app. You know, how the way you love fucking Angry Birds instead of the Rolling Stones. That was it. The way you sit and stare at, that's how we would stare at album covers. We loved music. Everyone I knew loved music. And I I don't even mean just playing it. I mean just being a fan of music. We were crazy about it. So maybe the problem is, you know, the means of communication is to... Absolutely. You you bypassed. You know what I mean? You left it behind. You know? Now you want to play Angry Birds. Now you want to sit and tap on a fucking phone. This is what people would rather do instead of listen to music. Fuck yeah. (laughs) You're like, what are you doing tapping on that phone? What did you do? You crushed some candy? But people don't do any one do that thing. Than fucking Iggy Pop. People don't do any one thing anymore. You you are watching a show. It's not a shared experience anymore. It's a right. very it's a very different thing because everything about music was tribal. It was shared. You had the experience alone in your room, but also this experience of showing up where you know everyone from from your town would show up yeah. and go fucking crazy together for music. And if you missed that, if you were in some kind of trouble and you weren't allowed to go to that show, it felt like you had been gutted. You know what I mean? Like there, it felt like. And people toured less too, right? I mean, kind of only had one. There were less bands touring. Well, they would tour but play big venues. Right. You know what I mean? Like giant venues that you could show up with 18,000 kids going fucking nuts to see, let's say, Van Halen. If you went to see Van Halen, it felt like everyone in your town was traveling. You know what I mean? Like nomads, all off traveling. You would pass each other's cars and people would hold their fucking tickets out the window. And it felt like youth. It did not feel like someone sitting there. You know, it felt like an experience, not something to fill time, but an absolute Joseph Campbell type spiritual experience, something that took you out of the realm of the normal. But outside of the the generation that grew up with the Internet or having phones yeah. with them at all times, you've adapted this, right? I mean, don't you feel like you use your phone and you do multiple things at once or no? Yeah. So, yeah. But it's well, something does it mean I, I don't want fucking good albums. <laughs> no, I'm just saying I think everyone has to make a conscious decision that just because we can do seven things at once, you can watch a show and you can but here's be the on thing. your phone and yeah. But see, I, I'd be willing to say this: just because you can do it doesn't mean that you now make it a a, a real experience. Because if you're watching a movie and tweeting about the movie, you're not really watching the movie. You haven't escaped into the film. You know what I mean? And there's something to be said for the shared experience. 
You know, the fact that a bunch of people are in a theater together for two hours and because this flickering lights are up on a screen, you fucking believe that this person could die or fall in love and you're all moving back and forth. And that is destroyed the second not only you go to your phone, but it's destroyed the second you've noticed that someone else has picked up a phone. Yeah. You're out of the movie like that. That's very true. Because some fucking guy is going like this. I got to check. No, I'm not immune to this. I go to movies and I think to myself, fuck, I wonder if anything's happening. I wonder if I could just check my messages. It's hard to do anything without feeling like that. I get freaked out on the train, like feeling disconnected and you're underground for 30 minutes. Well, they're they're putting Wi-Fi into all that, though. Yeah, that's going to be a pain, though. That's For what? Be a, because, well, wait, it's just Wi-Fi. You can't make calls, right? Or you can. Because I know people want to be able to actually... You hate to hear people make calls? Oh, yeah, I hate it. I hate to be around it. It's really irritating. I hate anything that's going to disturb the peace down there. Like, I don't like, like when people... You like the peace of being underground. Yeah, I do. Like I don't a... like anybody who's playing a game with the sound on i don't want to hear anyone else's music i'm okay if like you know like a mariachi band comes on that's kind of funny but i don't how better like a black guy from the 70s just bringing a big uh speaker on the thing yeah that's that's totally cool that's the best thing that's ever (laughs) actually it's totally annoying that used to be new york (laughs) it's just people walking around with those things but it only works if it's good music is the problem It's very rarely good music. Uh, Matt in West Virginia. Go ahead, Matt. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, um, you talk about, like, cultural experiences. And, you know, back in the 70s, you'd have songs about Vietnam. And, and, you know, I was like, uh, people would sing about what was going on in the world. I just kind of wonder what your take was on, you know, the country's been at war for the last, you know, 10 or 15 years. And, why do you think that's something that... Right, here, here's the anymore. thing. First of all, Green Day put out an entire album about it. Right. There's been so many anti-war songs that are out there that you can look for. They're just... You're not being exposed to them because you don't have radio stations playing that. Exactly. You know, There's really very few new rock stations around the country. Yeah. But yes, there's been tons of anti-war songs written. There has been. And we were actually talking about this last night because it does feel maybe like less so d- than during the Bush era. That maybe oh, the yes. Bush era was making maybe the creative minds a little bit more angry and they fired them up in a way. Yeah. But right now we're in such a weird time. I was like, oh, do the country guys turn around? Do they happening. write anti-Obama? Thing that would be great though, just country guys writing anti. No, like stuff. the anti-war songs yeah. because now, now it's uh, we ain't fighting your war. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just get really fucking into it, the big thing. But um, I don't know. I uh, and again, you have to remember something. There was a share during the anti-war era. There was a shared feeling with the youth and i don't even know if you had that during this whole thing because one thing that um that they learned from vietnam and they learned it very well is never draft again you know what i mean that 
Bush did not draft because, not that he couldn't have used those people, because he could have. He didn't draft because he didn't want the fucking blowback. Exactly. He didn't want to suddenly wake up these, you know, ADD kids that are taking whatever fucking pills they need to take, because they would go like this, wait, what? Draft? I'm against war. Actually, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it very much. This is the worst. I want nothing to do with it. All right, this is odd. Hashtag Bennington is trending right now. So hey. well, that's, that's odd. And, that's uh, is that in the United States of America? Um, but I am Ron Bennington with me, uh, Gail Bennington, no relation. Mm. Um, it's not true. And yet, I think we do know a lot of the same people. <laughs> we have a, some mutual friends. Yeah. Uh, I know your brother. You right. Uh, I think that's it. Oh, we know you. I met your mom. Yeah, you know my mom. Yeah. So, um, but we thought we'd hang out together. And you know what's really funny? And I said that I was going to show myself to be less guarded, but I don't think this is any less guarded than any other show I've ever done. It's a process. Is it a process? We're we're easing into it. <clears throat> I don't even know if I am guarded. I'm not even sure I would consider me that. I think you're guarded, yes. Really? Yeah. I have to be. But at the same time, it's good to have a private life. People need a private life. Hmm. That seems uh, funny to hear from somebody who says they're addicted to their phone. I'm not addicted to sharing things about myself, though. Hello, everybody. <laughs> I'm here on Foursquare. Oh, but that's right. something I could never use. I, I, I didn't even... Get into that for a second. I don't want people to know where I am. I'm terrified. But the, of, I think about where if I'm going out at night, I'm already going through my head. Who could possibly be there? And is it worth bumping into these people? I don't want anyone to know where I am. I don't. I don't. I don't know why somebody would want to know where someone's eating. That's. Well, I like to be mayor of things. I like to be mayor of Fridays. Is that, that was from Foursquare? The... Yeah, it's Foursquare. You could do that. Uh, Bunny. Go ahead, Bunny. You're on yeah. Bennington. Hashtag Bennington. Oh, gosh. This is like watching history happen right here. It really is, isn't it? Yeah, it's so awesome. I'm so glad you took my call. I know it's your job. It is. But, <laughs> um, I just want to say I'm falling in love with your daughter, and I hope that's okay. Um, <laughs> I, I love your voice and um, Thank you. really love the chemistry with your dad. And uh, I think this is it the might most be your dad. bizarre fucking call of my career. You might, bizarre you might, for you. You might want to get a test. He, he may have met your daughter at some carnival or something when she was younger. So. Okay. <laughs> anyway, um, I just wanted to spread some love. And um, you guys are trending, not just because of your dad, but because of you too, Gail. So I just wanted to That's very oh, weird. So That's sweet. very weird. Um, <laughs> here's, uh, here's Tom, New York City. Tom. Hey, Bennington. Hey. <laughs> Bennington's. Bennington's, I guess I should say. Uh, a couple of things. First of all, it's uh, funny to hear Gail say something along the lines of, well, you know, just because we can do seven things at once. Well, if you're doing seven things at once, are you really even doing one of them, you know, Good with your point. whole heart or your whole being? So that's just it's one weird because the other thing no I one to say, acts like they like the concept and yet everyone does it. 
Everyone does it. Yeah. And if I'm watching SNL and I see a sketch bombing, I fucking go to Twitter immediately to yeah. see how furious people will be. Well, SNL and Twitter go to well together for that reason. Well, I mean, but people are mad at SNL seconds into a sketch. They're yeah. like, this blows! <laughs> They're not even funny! The show hasn't been funny since Gilda died! And that I love. I would rather see people angry at a sketch because I feel like they're being punked or something, you know? I feel like, fuck you if you get that upset watching a TV show. Yeah. Well, the other thing I wanted to say, Ron, was I can remember back in the 70s, uh, 1975 Rolling Stones tour of the Americas, and I was able to get tickets for it. And like you said, we waited weeks for that show to come around. I can remember my boss telling me, because it was on a weekend, you have to work that day. And I was like, listen, I'm going to quit my job before I miss this show. You had your chance to see the Stones in the 60s. I didn't. I'm going to see this concert come hell or high water. I know exactly what you mean, that you would think to yourself, I would much rather you took off a, 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 a pinky of mine. I wish you would cut off my pinky finger before you stop me from doing this. For I me, have to see this show. For me, I think The Awakening was uh, Levon. The band, I was like just crushed that it was. Oh, I never got Helm? to see him. I never got to see him, and I think that that really made me feel just awful. Well, it's a huge regret. And, and I know, and I saw him a lot up I this know. way, but um, I never. I'm gonna admit something here. I don't think I ever really saw them with Robbie. No. And that that's a regret. And then, by the way, when it comes to the band, I can't stand when people act like they know who did what. And I can't stand when someone's like, Robbie's a prick, I'm on leave on side. Just shut up and enjoy what you get and let those two brothers fight their own fights. That's true, yeah. Um, I think I need to break here. Uh, this is, it's, you know, a fill-in show, really, uh, for Opie. Um Opie wanted to take today. Um, he said on Fridays he wants to take a day at home, iron his money, and just <laughs> kind of, you know what I mean? Kind of organize. Get organized if he can. Uh, he just bought a plantation. And, um, you know, it's tough to get those people. And it's a lot of work. That's his quote. Those people, you know, uh, out to work. But... Um, uh, we're here. I'm Ron Bennington. This is Gail Bennington with me. No relation. Mm. Um, this is me completely unguarded. <laughs> I think it's pretty amazing that I was able to do this really brave thing. Uh, I think you learned a lot about me. I like music. See? I know. See, that's a big thing for people. You've opened uh, up. So we'll break. We'll come back and talk about more. Bennington. Bennington will be right back. Opie Radio. XM 103, Sirius 206. This is Bennington, Opie Radio, XM 103, Sirius 206.
Yeah, buddies. It is Bennington, a brand new show. Uh, two people with the same last name. A lot of people are saying to me, you sound amazingly mature for someone that's either three or five. I forgot that I'm I've, the perfect age. It's the perfect age to have kids, three and five, you know, <laughs> because they're big enough to wrestle with, but not so big that I'm they just, get mouthy. I'm starting to form my own opinions. <laughs> yeah. Starting to wonder about stuff. Like, how come there's a Santa Claus in every store? Exactly. Yeah. And the top of my head is still really soft. Well, that's your font. No, that's your little font. No. Yeah. You got to watch careful of that because that fits into your brain. Um, Oddly, uh, hashtag Bennington is trending number three in the United States of America without us even asking for it. So the Twitter people out strong. Way to go. Wow. Very, very cool. Um, and then some other people are being annoying because they're writing to me and saying that you have a better radio voice than I do. And that's your only time on the radio. I think we sound uh, so similar. Well, I um, I went to a broadcasting school where they said the voice should come right out of the nostrils. should come right, out high. Right out the top of the yeah. nose yeah. and the eyes. Hack radio. That, that's, that's what I hear from myself when I hear my voice back, too, though. I hear very nasally. Yeah, of course it is. Well, the nasal, you know, you come through that honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I I did not... I, I am the first generation who did not fake voice on the radio or fake name. You know, before me, there were, you know, like my first buddies in radio were like Russ albums. Right. And I'm pretty sure that wasn't his actual... Name. That you wasn't know his me? Christian name. <laughs> yes. He just happened to be albums. And then uh, he was doing a show with another buddy of mine, uh, Eddie, who who changed his name to more so they could be albums and more. And I'm like, why? You don't need to do that. He's going, don't know. See how it works out, though. It's albums. And plus, there's more. And more. We got more stuff. Like, you know, Eddie Van Hamster, the bit I'm doing right now. Did he spell it M-O-O-R-E, or was it... I don't think they were together long enough to spell that name in any way. I'm not I'm not that sure. No, I guess he, spe- he spelled it like Jay Morse did. The M-O-H-R. Um, all right. It, uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. That is uh, the phone number we're using today. Um, I'm Ron Bennington. With me... Gail Bennington, Hi. no relation, mm. but uh, we're here together doing this show today. Mike in Florida. Mike. Hey, Ronnie. Thanks for taking my call. That's uh, my hey, job. Yes, sir. Uh, hey, Gail, since you are giving away some uh, secrets, I was wondering if you knew the identity of Kenny Allen. Boy, Kenny Allen's wow. still famous after all this time. For good reason, too. Yeah. It was the best. It was the funniest thing ever. Kenny Allen is the best. Ooh, I was no. not long ago. I was re-listening to a lot of those old Kenny Allen at uh, from WNEW. Yeah, just so the, what was your favorite ever? Because a lot was, of the people listening here never listened when I was on WNEW. There was a really great Thanksgiving one. Yeah, we, we play that every Thanksgiving. The same one. Yeah, they were all great. Yeah. I do know the identity. Do you really? I do. Keep it from me because I don't, I don't want, want you to find to know. out. I'll never tell who that guy is. 
Talk about guarded. He makes me look like Mr. You know what I mean? He makes him, me look like I'm a goddamn uh, gladhander down on the on the corner asking people to vote for me. Very guarded. Yeah. It's going so far to live in a secret life. Um, hey, Frank in Jersey. Frank in Jersey. Go ahead, buddy. Uh, you know, Gail mentioned something before uh, where she, when she goes out, she doesn't want anyone to know where she goes. And years ago, that was possible. You know, when there were no cell phones running and when we were going out as young, you know, adults, uh, teens, you just left your house and you didn't have a worry in the world. Your parents couldn't get in touch with you. Nothing. You no one could say kind of... you, you've got to get home now. You were just gone. Exactly. And, and you could break plans with friends. You know, you know, you're supposed to meet them at a certain time and you just don't show up. Or you're supposed to meet <laughs> your girlfriend terrible. at 11 and you don't show up. And then you just come up with some excuse the next morning, you know? You can't do that today. You cannot you do anything like calls, that. You'll be, you'll be getting texts and phone calls all night long. Where are you? I know your phone is working, all of that stuff, you know? How did you find anyone, though? How If you wanted to meet up with people... You had to swing by Locust Hill School, where everybody was in the parking lot, and go, where's the party? There would be certain places... So that's, that's the idea. You have X amount of places that yeah. young people could be anyway. Yeah. Party at the Moon Tower. You would get party the word out, the Party tower. at the Moon Tower. was an Actually, I mean, that movie was perfect for the way life worked then. That people would be mobile, knowing that there was a couple spots to talk, and then you would hear... It's, you know, we're yeah. all going to be here. But the other weird thing about it is, uh, and my parents were now saying, like, I was talking to them not too long ago, and how weirded out they are thinking about, I'm not saying that they're calling themselves bad parents, but they realized how off the fucking chain they were. When I was like 17, me and my friend drove a car across the country. It was my brother's car, right? And... We honestly partied the entire way right. across the country in the car. I mean, I guess it was a five day DUI. Yeah, Berkey. Berkey? Yeah, it was my friend Berkey. <laughs> Take it easy, Clarky. So we drove from Philly to San Francisco with a fucking cooler between us, passing a bowl of hash back and forth. Five days driving like that. And you never called your folks to be No, like, you didn't call. Like, my dad, you know, bankrolled it. He went me to, you know, my brother was in the service. Right. So he said, I'm going to pay for you guys to take that out there. And then my dad says this, I'll never forget. And he goes like this. And there was a shotgun in the trunk. He actually put a shotgun in the trunk while these two <laughs> teens drove across the country partying. It's bad parenting. And now... <laughs> It does come across seeming that way. But even like when we were like in high school and I would go down the beach for a week, we would just say, I'll see, I'm going to be back here. If I'm not back by next Saturday, I'll definitely be back by next Sunday or Monday morning. Right. And no one freaked out. And now, if you can't reach it, even adults. Right. If you can't reach an adult by text, now we've faked ourselves out that we're unsafe. I'm, I'm in a complete panic. If I don't hear from you within a certain <laughs> time. And you're a grown man. Yeah. And you existed years before I did. With a shotgun in the in the trunk. Um, but that's the funny thing. Like you will worry up to the point that you're supposed to worry. Now I actually have this feeling. This is I think the original th 
No, I know it. I believe this in my heart. What made this country so freaked out is cable news. Pre-cable news, kids went out and played on their own. After CNN, people started to make play dates for the children so they could watch the children. I would have died if my mother sat there and watched me and my friends play. It would have been humiliating. But after (laughs) CNN, if a baby was snatched in California, people in in North Carolina worried that their kids were going to be snatched. If a kid... Uh, was raped in Chicago, people in Texas worried because they pound that into it. Just like now, you hear Ebola. Ebola's in the country. Ebola. Ebola. Until finally, you, you hear someone cough and you're like, I think I got Ebola from that fucking asshole. Right. You know? too careful. Yeah, yeah, but we worry too much. You put the worry thing out there. You know, back then, they were like, you gotta let them go. They're kids, you know? They're kids. They're gonna fight. What are you gonna do? Like, the parents would say, they're gonna punch each other. There's nothing we can do about it. No one worried about bullying. They would just say to you, punch back. I remember my uncle would say, if it looks like you're going to be in a fight, punch first. Like, they would tell you, hit first. And then my friend's parents would tell them... You've got to hit first. So by the time we were like four or five, we just came out of the fucking house <laughs> and swinging. We would, <laughs> we would see each other. We'd hit each other. And then we'd start, you know, playing. We'd settle down. But no one thought it was such a bad thing. Um, now we worry. Now everybody uh, uh, worries all the time. Uh, Sue, Sue, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, buddy. I'm just calling to give some love. Um, clearly coolness does not skip a generation. Um, and I also want to congratulate you on being so unguarded. I actually heard you make your announcement. I came to work. I signed in. I came back out to my car so I could hear all of your, all these truths that you're spelling for us. Wow. So thanks so much, Ronnie. For uh, everything. I mean, you may be guarded, but you're one of the most generous people I know, too. It is true. I'm generous so and, and guarded. Well, I'm I'm unguarded in a secret meeting place. Right. <laughs> Talk to you later, so. All right, good luck. Bye. He's still sober. Uh, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. This is the occasional Friday show, uh, Bennington. And... Um, Somebody wants to talk to you, Gail. Okay. Somebody from Florida. See if you remember this name. It's Flipper. Hey, Flipper. Hey, guys. Hey. Oh, my gosh. Hi. Gail, what's going on? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was I was in my own delay this morning listening to the show, and I'm like, Gail. How many Gails does Ronnie know? And I'm like, oh, hey, God. Gail. <laughs> yeah. Man, you guys are sounding good. Oh my gosh, how cool. Now, I, I have to clear up something on, that Ronnie told me years ago. I just want to make sure it was true or not. Oh, jeez. You were in a cover band, Gail. Or you were in a band at one point, I right? I was in a band, yeah. It wasn't Did you a do cover any band, cover though. songs, maybe, in the band? All original. <laughs> I think, yeah. I've you told, I, was, I heard that you guys did a tribute song once 
and it was my name is Flipper. <laughs> yes, right. yes, that is true. That. Yeah, <laughs> that's totally true. Flipper was in a, an intern band, well, producers and interns <laughs> called Dead German Tourist, and great band. Uh, it, yep, it actually got you. mentioned on MTV, and because we named them because some German tourists had just been murdered. And by naming the band that, it got a lot of heat for them. So much that you were banned from playing the hard rock. Right. And what was in viral in 1993 actually lasted, you know, if it was viral today, it would have lasted maybe three days. But I think it went on for a good six to eight weeks where we were in the international news doing yeah. uh, <laughs> uh, press that was beyond belief. I mean, we were even on the news. I think you did an interview with me. and We were on with CBS with Dan Rather. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it was it was. A I actually went on now. the news and went like this. Hey, I don't know what to tell you. These kids are crazy. <laughs> They're pretty before, dangerous. Before and then, the then it looked like the band was like cooling off, that they weren't paying attention. And I made the announcement on the radio that they're doing a show, and unless it's sold out, they're going to kill a dog, and that oh. got the heat back up again. Nice. Yeah. Oh, it, it was it was it was crazy times. You're sounding good, Gail. What have you been up to? Everything. Uh, I mean, I, you were you were. I remember you at 12 and 14 when uh, Ronnie would have you out at some of those parties we would go to for work yeah. or whatever. And you were I way was, beyond your years then. I was just like, this has gotten oh, very hanging. uncomfortable. I was hanging. Yeah. Well, yeah, she was hanging back then. I mean, you I, know, no, it's not. A Here's what I'm looking at now on Twitter. Bennington now trending at number two. Damn. Trending at number two. Nice. Uh, Flips, good to talk to you, buddy. Hey, it's so nice to guys. hear from you. All right, you go. I was actually going to bring her on under the name New Diaz, but <laughs> we decided... <laughs> Just to call her Gail. Well, if you know any other Rons, um, you know, you can find something out. You know, we can help you there. All right. Talk All to right, you later, you, bro. <laughs> All right. Flipper's real name. He's a Ron. Yeah. See, everybody's being so unguarded today. Trending at number two. So weird. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Uh, Jason in Wisconsin. Go ahead, Jason. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, Gail. Great hey, I was wondering, are, are you going out of the way to say that she's not related because you're, you know, she's a Mets fan and your dad kind of warned you about it? Or no, I, we never would have any Mets fans in our family. That would be awful. <laughs> that would be terrible. Well, that's why I thought maybe you're going out of the way to make sure that you know, no relation. No, I just want to be totally sure because you're never positively sure about that kind of thing. You want to, you, know? you want to test after all these years just to clear it up. Um, I imagine I'd get a lot of money you paid get back, it back to me. Yes. <laughs> would I owe that to you? <laughs> yeah. You as a person would owe that to I'm me. In serious debt. Mm. But I have been over the years, and I guess it just goes to show what a great guy I am, but I'm, I've been like a father to you. <laughs> um, well, what am I I've saying? always thought of you that way. I've been like a mother and father to you. Yeah. I've had to do both. No. <laughs> Not because her mother passed away, but just really wouldn't help much. I like Someone watching TV. Helpful. Yeah. <laughs> See, that's being unguarded. I know. Finally saying the truth. Finally saying what's on In my mind. In many ways, you are being unmasked. <laughs> Whoa! Mind blown. Meta, as the kids say. So meta. Do the kids say meta? I don't know. People just start saying things and then... I can't keep up. Trend of I things. just fell into basic, bitch. 
But you were telling me that basic bro is also a way to go. I think uh, there's a lot more basic bros that exist <laughs> in the world than basic bitches. Yeah. There are so many basic bros. Most guys what? are a basic bro. Well, Why are we uh, picking on the ladies? There was a thing done the other day that was the least mature states for men. Mm-hmm. Rhode Island was number one. And one of the things that they gave for that was video games, playing video games. Are we games. gauging it on just childlike interests? Yeah, I think. Just being immature. Um, cartoon intake? Yeah. A lot cartoon. of adults watch cartoons. More adults, because look, fucking Adult Swim doesn't even come out until night. And uh, yeah, not even like animated shows for adults, which is a, right. something else that's a different thing. Literally shows that were made for children. Are watched by adults. I didn't know that. See, I loved making fun of people who watch cartoons until I watched Bob's Burgers, and I right. think that's fucking but that's, hysterical. Uh, an animated show for adults. For adults. Oh, I didn't even know. Right? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I think I would have liked it if I was a kid, though. Um, Lou, Lou, you're on the Run of Fest show. Hey, Ronnie B. Thank you for taking my call. That's my job. Um, I just wanted to comment on what you were saying with how music is just dying out, and even parties. I think it kind of is the same thing. Just technology is overtaking uh, music and parties. I mean, you can't... With the music, it's basically stealing the music. I totally agree with you there. But with a party, I mean, back when, back in the day, when before cell phones, you wanted to have 10 people at your house. You had 10 people, maybe 12. Now everybody's got access to a cell phone. Party, a good party can't be held. I mean, it just gets out of control. Um, so if you try to throw a party now, uh, it would just be massive. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, one person tells two, then two tells four, and then you got 500 people at your house. See, I would at always like, tower. I would always like, the, yeah, I was always like that girl who would have a party at her house because her parents went away, but she wasn't like fucking cool or whatever. So people would fucking, she'd be like, you fucking trash my house. And you just like, stop. Everyone's liking you right now. Now you're trying to you start crying and you're ruining this thing. You know, this could be big for you. I didn't get to do the house party thing. When you grow up in the city, you just, uh, no. it's not a thing. Now, I went. Because well, you guys could go out and do things. Exactly. There were things to do. When you're in the suburbs, it was like, let's gather together as much as we can. And then I, my first time going to like a real party like that yeah. uh, was like a friend of a friend upstate New York. And I went up there and it literally was a party at the Moon Tower. It was like, Kagger in the woods, everyone's coming out. And I was like, this is so cool. You guys are like living. Like, in the 70s. It's like a movie. Did you guys just love this? And they're just, what do you mean? This, this is, is life. This is what we do. Yeah. Like, this is so cool. So you just come out here and you drink your beers in the woods? Yeah. It seemed. Yeah, people uh, would um, live for that. And if you were the guy who owned a beer tap, right? The tap itself. Yeah. Your life was pretty much set. You would be invited to. Oh, like, so you would purchase the yeah, tap. Yeah, you would own, but then purchase. Be... You stole it from somewhere. <laughs> but, but then you'd be the guy to be, like, the yeah. guy to invite. And I've been to, I was at a party when I was a kid, and the beer tap got fucking stole by these guys from Chester. And everybody was, you know, just suddenly we turned around and they'd fucking taken the tap off and were running with it. So everyone from the party came running out to get them and they went driving crazy through the crowd. Oh, no. And I got hit 
with a car rolled up over the top of it, came down the other side, which now would have been considered like a, an attempt at murder, over a fucking beard tap. You should have let it go. You shouldn't have dove in. Never, never dawned on this. me. Never dawned on me that it was worth a fucking hit and run. But then the other I've thing is... I've never heard this story. Yeah, I never went to the hospital for it or anything. Well, you see, this is the other side of it. You are going to hear stories I'm now that obviously I wasn't going to, you know, tell. I I'm, gave the smoking hash all the way across the country story to you with Berkey. Um, here is uh, Ed. Ed in New Jersey. Go ahead. Morning, buddy. Hey. I just wanted to uh, comment about even the current cartoons on Cartoon Network actually kind of cater to adults as well. I think because, you know, if parents are watching or adults are watching as well, they also have, like, these sub, like, subliminal messages or jokes that I feel like kids wouldn't really understand. Yeah, but, right. you know, Bugs Bunny was the same way. Yeah, ses- I mean, yeah. Sesame Street did that when I was a kid, right? Like, they always had jokes or, like... That kids wouldn't really understand. Yeah, or yeah. parodies well, Rebel of... L. I'm going to say Rebel L was Rebel probably... Rebel L is my favorite Sesame yeah. That's the best. You know, Billy Idol was, la, la, la. Came, came in and did Opie's show not too long ago. Oh, that's cool. And I, I'd come in right after that, and those guys were fucking thrilled. Yeah. They were like, dude, Billy Idol was just here. And it was really funny, because like for years, everybody was like off the Billy Idol thing. Like yeah. He was very much a person of the 80s. But now, people go back to it, and they're like, holy shit. These songs were great. He's got great songs. He's a cool guy. There was this thing, I forgot what it was, where they were playing in some weird place. And it was Billy Idol and Steve Stevens' guitar player. And it was like Budapest or somewhere. I saw it on the on the YouTube. Mm-hmm. And you just saw these people lose their shit. It was like this really great rock and roll moment and billy idol says something like uh show him what a hit is and he fucking just goes into white wedding and you just see people just lose it lose it they were so turned on uh 866 ron zero fez 866 ron zero fez um hey it's our buddy cigars and scotch hey what happened to those other guys that were on in the morning this is different. It's not what I'm used to. <laughs> it, it's like the other show is much more guarded. This is unguarded. This is actually like avant-garde. It, it's different. <laughs> it's different. Now, is different good or bad? Different's always bad at first. Different's bad. <laughs> different's bad. Yeah. Gotta have this same. Is different. Like same. <laughs> more and more same. <laughs> um, good to hear you, man. <laughs> People are very, very happy, too, because on the On Demand, you can rewind, pause, and all that. And on the Raw Dog one, you you cannot. You just, you're stuck out there. And it's a, a nightmare. All right, I'm going to read some of these tweets. Fez is killing this morning. Um, hashtag Bennington's out there, but there's also a hashtag Gail Bennington. That's weird. That's really weird to me. A little too weird. Yeah, that's a little <laughs> too weird. Um, somebody just made... Uh, oh, our logo is Bennington 2 with another 2 there. That's kind of 
That's kind of cute. Um, does Ron still do that other show at noon with those other guys? You're going to double down today, right? Um, here's uh, a guy named Fat Roland who said, stop with the no relation thing. She's your daughter. We fucking get it already. It's really bothering everyone. Yeah, it is. Well, at least this so guy named Fat Roland. Uh... Uh, Bill Meek says, what was that opening song? That might be the best song I ever heard. Well, this was a guy that we were talking about. He was an African kind of funk guy, right? Yeah, exactly. Nigerian funk What was artist, his name? William Onibar. And then he, they did some tribute to him. Yeah, like they re-released his songs. I guess that was this year, right? Like earlier yeah. this year, they re-released his songs and... Um, who toured with um, David Byrne? David Byrne um, had something. I don't know if he brought it forward, but he definitely was like touring around with a band playing. But his what songs. happened to the actual guy? Died. I think that he's alive. Oh, he's still alive. I'm but something. Just... Somebody made a documentary or something, or somebody did a special. Maybe it was like Vice or something like that. I didn't uh -huh. see it. I was late to getting uh, into it. Way late. Really excited to tell you about it. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, I know that. Yeah, I didn't know that. What about movies? Is there any movie that you ever turned me on to? That you ever said, oh, here's a movie? Uh, yeah, I have a very strong memory of s sitting you down and being like, you need to watch this movie, and it was Bottle Rocket. Oh, that is correct. And, and I, I put it off I, at first, right? Yeah, well, yeah, but the thing was, we had just watched it. Me yeah, and... Uh, my brother. I can say that. Right? <laughs> you can say whatever you want. You can say whatever you want. We went to Blockbuster Video and rented it and then brought it home. And just me and him. You were, were sitting, like really little kids. Yeah, we were young. And we sat in my bedroom watching it. We couldn't even get through the first like two minutes because we thought it was so funny. We kept rewinding. It's like he's like looking out. He, like yeah. gives them the wave, like here I am, and like being all like militant and yeah. trying to get him out of there. You guys found that so hysterical. we were crying, laughing. Yeah. We watched it all the way through, ejected the tape, and then brought it out to you. Like <laughs> we uh, we want you to watch it. Like we had just finished watching it. We have a film we'd like you to see. We were so excited, and you yeah. were you were not about to watch it, but then. And then I put it in, and then I yeah. was all happy. Because um, I remember even like when people like with a bunch of the disciples in comedy and shit, I would make them sit down and watch it. You know what I mean? I was yeah. like, that was that film that you were like, I'm going to watch you watch the film. Right. Was what you would do to Are people. Are you laughing at all the right Laugh spots? Laugh like, there, listen. Watch, listen, there it is, this, right? <laughs> is that fucking excellent? Is this the funniest thing you've ever seen? Um, do you stay with P.T. Anderson? Is he still your guy? Wes. Wes Anderson. Fuck, why did I get those two confused? Well, it's the Anderson. It's oh, yeah, the no Anderson's. relation. No. <laughs> um, but the. I stick with both of them for the record. Yeah, I, 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 never never... I will never miss a film by either one of those no, guys. No, I'll go out to see it. That being said, I forgot to go see The Last West and Anderson. I still have to see that. Are you crazy? Because it's really good. I feel really bad about it. But that's like the first one I've missed in the theater in a very long time. Yeah, I go to see them right in the theater. Uh, the um, Inherent Vice is the new Paul Thomas Anderson.
Yeah, what do you think of that? I haven't seen. I haven't seen it yet. I was. I I could have went and saw it at the New York Film Festival. No, but you've seen the trailer, right? I mean, yeah, so but do I don't. I try not to watch trailers with the people that I really love the most. Yeah, because you you're already sold. You don't need to. Yeah, I'm already sold. I'm in. I want to be surprised. I don't want to say anything. I don't read anything about movies. Don't I refuse to read uh, any reviews? I don't want to know anything about it. I'm not even that interested in reading it after the fact. Is that right? It's just you don't want to you don't want to sit and talk about movies with people. I want to talk to I want to talk about movies with people I like, but not but not just any yeah mind. like I'm not always so interested in what somebody's take was on. I'm gonna give you a name. I want you to write it down. His name is Jermaine Lassier, and he is a writer for Slash Film. Slash Film. Yeah, and he loves film. Lassier. His I'll just read, uh, here's some of his reviews. Um, this movie's so good, it blew my balls off. Okay. Okay. And this Sounds one just good. said, just jizzed in my face of awesomeness. Wow. That's how he feels about film. He's crazy about it. Is it every review like that? Every review. He loves everything? He's never given a bad review to any anybody. Um, I think he's coming in to do my show again soon. Um... But I, I would agree with you. I will stay now with a director more than I will, like an actor. Yeah, definitely. You, know? you have a couple directors that you trust, like Paul Thomas Anderson. I've been at least got a half dozen. I got a half dozen that I, I will. I'll try to make sure I get around to seeing everything that they ever do. Right. Wes Anderson, Paul Thomas Anderson. Um, I'm still Woody Allen. I know that pisses a lot of people off. I don't care. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with, uh, you don't even think he did anything, right? No, I, di I didn't say that. You don't, you think it's fine that he did it. <laughs> I don't want to say that it's fine that he did it. Yeah. I think, uh, for some reason, and it's not with all things, I'm able, able to separate <laughs> That's Those terrible. Two things. Why? You Be do that. No, Go I do it, but I, I don't say it out loud. I just say I don't think he did it, and then I feel better <laughs> in my ignorance. Not, I know that he did it, but I still <laughs> like his movie. I would step over him molesting a child just to see Annie Hall again. Although, when now you rewatch something like Annie Hall or Manhattan, it makes you very uncomfortable. There's, a there's lot so of, many seeds yeah. planted there. There's where it's like, is that Manhattan or Annie Hall where his friend's like, I got two 14-year-old twins. And they're like, we didn't have a red flag go up then. We didn't actually, think this guy might. Back then it wasn't considered all of that a red flag. Back is that then, true? Yeah. I was just talking about uh, to someone about this, that there's a lot of films in the 70s and 80s where there's reference to a character having a relationship with an underage girl, and that character is not a villain. Mm -mm. Maybe it's not the main character, but it's just like a friend or it's I can't think of another example, but it does come up. It came up a lot more. Yeah, because it was something that took place. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. Was because like college professors used to sleep with the students back then. And right. it wasn't even illegal. 
You know what I mean? Or or even like you immoral, where you could get in trouble with the school. It wasn't a fireable offense, you think? Yeah. No, it was up and, until what happened is when they started to raise the prices for college so high that people went in debt. Right. Then the parents said, okay, but now you can't sleep with our kids. All right. You, you can have paying, this money. Yeah, because people used to go off on their own and go to college at 18. Right. You wouldn't say me and my parents are coming here and we're seeing what this humongous debt is going to be. Right. People would just drive off. Like somebody back then could say to themselves, you know what? I think I want to go to school in Colorado and then drive to the school and sign up. <laughs> and just come I, up and say, I'm here. I'm for here. Um, now I'm signing up for some classes. Do you have a place for me to crash or do I have to find one myself? No one thought it was a big deal. Yeah. You know? And now it's a requirement. Well, now it's because they pushed it for so many years of you need an education, you need an education. Or at least they claim that it's a requirement. Like we've come to believe that you're required to go we, to college. Look, it's all such a fucking lie and a hype. It's Is horrible. there any reason that NYU should be looking at a $6 billion expansion? No. You're not no. supposed to make money with a college. Yeah. You're also not supposed to take these college kids. I got interns working here, and they're like, uh, I really got to get a job. You know, this is my last semester. I'm $180,000 in debt. It's scary. And I'm like, that's fucking stupid, dude. Yeah. That's dumb. But it's because You're dumb. They've been You're not told. smart in college. You're dumb in college. They've been told since they were in middle school, this yeah. is what you have to do. I you see, that's another it. big difference. When I was a kid, this is a true story, um, a, a kid in my school went to college, and we all went to the train station to wave goodbye to him. It was like Aww. a big thing. We were all like playing. Bah, bah, da, 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 there he goes. I'm off to Dartmouth, everybody. See you soon. And we went, one day he'll own a car. But, you know, it wasn't that big a deal. Most people... You know, they basically thought, why would I go to college? I can go down and work in a factory and sure. make some money and but they get married up, immediately. They bring up college to like elementary school kids, like middle school kids. In middle um, school, people were telling you, you can't pull this shit in college. This, this, know. You know what I mean? I know. Are you going to do this in college? It's a long way we're away. still ranked uh, number two. Um, Just two? Uh, <laughs> That's it. To rank. I'm going to read you some of the tweets, though, for hashtag Bennington. Just a nice one. See if yes, just a nice, nice ones. Why would I read the bad ones? Um, Friday's just got so much better. Hashtag Bennington. Mm. How the hell am I supposed to go to work? Hashtag Bennington. Mm. Legends go by one name. Hashtag Bennington. Be honest. Be hashtag Bennington. I'll have my eggs. Hashtag Bennington. <laughs> Collect call from God Here Okay, hashtag Bennington. That's one of the things yeah. that uh, I used to do with my parents. So they, I would just do, yes, I got a collect call from Sam God Here Okay. <laughs> oh, they won't accept the charges? All right, fine. <laughs> uh, I'm up early to hear, hashtag Bennington. I don't get up at 5 a.m. for just anyone. They must have been in the Midwest. Mm. There can never be too oh, much tuna, but there can never be too much hashtag Bennington. Too much tuna. Um, I love hashtag Bennington. I would say she's a chip off the old block, but there's no proof that they are related. We don't have the tests. Well, we never had the test done. Um, 
The only thing better than hearing uh, hashtag Bennington on the radio is hearing two Benningtons. Outstanding. Um, this is weird. What's this feeling my radio has given me? Love, mm. life, and hashtag Bennington. <laughs> These are really nice. Yeah, they are nice. Really thoughtful. You know why? First, first show. Mm-hmm. That's when they're, they're nice. Kind to you. Hashtag Bennington is great. Her dad isn't bad either. Actually, it's just the opposite. Every new market I went into, they fucking hate it right off the bat. Change. And people don't like change. Well, yeah, it's change. Change is t- difficult for everybody. Do we need to break again here? I don't know the morning routine yet, or we can keep rocking along. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. By the way, when we were talking about only so many albums do you, that you need... Do you think that directors get better or worse with age? Um, I think that they peak just like they, a, just too. like a, a band or a musician. I think that they peak. I think uh, Woody Allen is an example. No. Um. Yeah, but he had such a run. I mean, the only other that I've ever seen come close to Woody Allen's comedy run is the Coen Brothers. But Woody Allen had like a 25-year run of like a brilliant film a year for like 25 years. The Coen brothers might be the the best as far as like every single one is great. I feel like almost every single one. Almost, yeah. Uh, but they're the best alive today. That's yeah. right, Marty Scorsese, you heard me. The <laughs> Coen brothers are the best alive today. They're still rocking. Is they're why. still rocking. And the last one, did you see... Uh, the one where the folk guy downtown. Oh, I didn't see that. So you're not keeping up, dude. You know I gotta what? get better at that. I don't know what is And I'm gonna happening. go to the theater. That's gonna be my new year's resolution. <laughs> We're not even close to New Year's. But I, I'd celebrate it in the fall as my new year. I've I always thought of the fall as You know the why? New year. School. School. New Year's school. I think I never got over school. It's the new year. It's a new year, it's a new time. That's the Wiccan New Year. That's why, uh, for me, um, I would think to myself always, it's even now, I want to go out and get new magic markers for the New Year. <laughs> <laughs> I never owned them in my life. Um, here is uh, here's Chris. Chris, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hi, going back to what you were talking about with older movies and uh, underage relationships. In Raiders of the Lost Ark, deluded that Marion was 12, 13 when they, she had a relationship with Indy because she says it was about 10 years ago and yeah, she's 22, 23 in the movie. That's creepy. Yeah, she said I was a kid or whatever. That's and really he is, uh, or at least seemed a hell of a lot older than uh, than than him. Yeah. Um, is that the one too where the girl his student like blinks? And yeah, she writes love. Yeah, love something you weird like that. like that. Yeah, that was really a strange scene too. It doesn't fit the rest of the movie. Well, it's also you know Spielberg is this had this real odd luck sexuality. Did you ever see that movie nineteen forty one? All right, so Spielberg makes this giant flop of a movie right after he makes Jaws and Close Encounters. And he makes this big, shitty World War II comedy. 
And part of it is that a woman would be looking at like an airplane and being turned on because of the shape of it. That's and she would be, you know, like, oh my God. Uh, and you're just like, what the and fuck? And it's a comedy? Yeah. I mean, Belushi's in it. Um, Why do I have no idea what you're talking about? It's, uh, no idea. It came out like 1979-1980 and it was this flop that came in between like um, before he started doing Raiders and E.T. and all that yeah. but after uh, Jaws and Close Encounters. Um, it was It was crazy bad. I mean, it was so fucking bad that People would like go to his house and just say to him, give me my money back right now. I didn't enjoy that. I didn't enjoy your film. And it makes me angry. He, th that's the thing that he's lucky about is that there was no Internet then. And he could just go and sit in his fucking hot tub and just drink and just say, All right, I'll do another movie. He didn't have to hear it one at a time. Um, Carl in Scarsdale, you're on the run of Fed show. Hey, Bennington. Just wanted to see is has there's ever been a movie or a TV show that if you had watched it individually you'd be fine, but watching it together just made you uncomfortable. Oh, with me and Gail? Yeah. Porn. I think porn is so <laughs> difficult always, to watch as really a family. Difficult. Yeah. It makes me just a little uncomfortable. Like you get over the uncomfortability <laughs> eventually, but initially, God, um, it gets weird. I don't think so. Do you? Um, Did you ever think there was a movie like? No, I mean, I was uh, exposed at a very young age to... I hope you don't say penises. <laughs> I mean, when you say exposed as a young age, <laughs> people are going to get upset. That's not what I meant. You watch meant... cool movies. Yeah, I was age. encouraged to watch movies. That was a problem. Encouraged to watch movies that uh, other people, well, other kids my age, were not allowed to watch. Like I had what? no one to talk to about. What, what weren't they allowed to watch? Uh, I'll give you a good example, Pulp Fiction. So, Pulp Fiction, you had got, you had seen it in the, in the theater already. Yeah. But somebody gave you, like, a screener or something. Right. So you had it, and you were, like, really into it, so you wanted to watch it again. Uh-huh. And I was a kid, and you said, uh, hey, uh, so we're gonna watch this movie, and I just want to... You know, just talk to you before it starts. Just give you a little uh, heads up about what you're going to watch. Um, it's edited in a way that it's not a linear story. So just don't worry about trying to put the story together. And there was no explanation of the violence. <laughs> it was only about just let it wash over you the first time. And then that's all. And then you will pick it up. You'll pick it up halfway through. You'll see. There's little. Oh, that's weird. <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> Were you scared watching no. it? I yeah, thought that you would have loved fucking I did. I did love fiction. it. I did love it. I still do. I'll watch that movie anytime it's on. Anytime of night. Doesn't matter what the I'm in the middle of doing. I'll still watch it. Don't get uh, sick of it. All right. I'm going to read some of our tweets. So they're still up there. Just at nice number one. two. Um. Mo, hashtag Bennington, Mo better. Uh, hashtag Bennington is an American institution already. I'm too young to have seen the moon landing, but at least I'm live to hear. Hashtag Bennington. Hashtag Bennington is like angel butter for my ears. Angel butter? That sounds like something you don't want. 
Um, Opie Radio is now home printing hashtag Bennington shirts. 11 less stents, hashtag Bennington. Double rainbow, no, it's double hashtag Bennington. Um, All right, now people are actually stealing and getting into our tweets things to sell their products. When you start to trend... Other things that are like sell, right. selling Vemo or whatever will try to jump into your tw- your hashtag Twitterverse. And people get in trouble for that too. Like they'll do it in a not so tasteful way. No, none or... of them. Yeah. Then yeah. The, like there, I can't remember. There was one recently. Yeah, it's, where... it's always some kid's job to try to jump into things yeah. and like, hey, this guy's out there and he's running our social media. I mean, we've got everything now. We got Pinterest and all, and then he'll jump into something right. that is like a baby murdered. Right. And then he'll say, you know, maybe the baby's murdered, but for your alive baby, <laughs> you want to make sure that they get... Man, I'm really embarrassed over that Pulp Fiction thing. No, it's a nice story. It's a good story. And it's a a good movie. I did enjoy it. By the way, Tarantino, I will watch every film for the rest of his life. Sure. Every film for the rest of his life. And that's not a, you know, that's not a popular thing to say. It is with me. I know. I know it is, but it's not a. I don't care about that blowback either. There was a lot of blowback. And that's why if they try it with Ricky Gervais, I'm going to stand shoulder to shoulder with, uh, with, with Ricky, too, if I need okay. to. Um, Brian, in New Mexico, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ronnie, did you see Steven Spielberg's first movie? It was with Dennis Weaver, and uh, this big semi-truck was uh, essentially the, the yeah. antagonist. Yeah, it was basically it Jaws was with a truck. It was a TV movie. Yeah, yeah 1974, I think. But, you know, I even remember when he was on, he had done some kind of TV show that was like a Hitchcock or something, but I don't think it was a Hitchcock, about a woman who had paid to get new eyes, right? And she had taken eyes away from somebody who had owned money. And the second that she got her eyes put into her head, she could see. She was a blind person, right? Mm -hmm. And she's like, you just say it. And she's in New York City and... The lights go out, and she's in a fucking blackout in New York, and the and the eyes were only supposed to last for so long, and she'd gotten them through some immoral um, thing. Why and then, did the eyes only last so long? Uh, it, it was considered science fiction at that time. So she knew she was going to get the eyes. She would get her sight back for like 12 hours, and the blackout happened right at, at the time, and it fucking scared the shit out of me when I was a kid. Really? Yeah, and she the, gotta... Oh, you know what? It wasn't Hitchcock. It was the other guy. It was like Night Gallery. Mm. Night Gallery was like the Twilight Zone guy, Rod Serling. It's yeah. like a follow-up show. It sounds like a they, Twilight Zone. They did some Zone. fucked up things on that show, man. Um, and by the way, my dad let me watch them without making a big deal about it. <laughs> it was and a everything nice story. worked out okay. It what? A, it was a nice story. I know, but you know, that's the thing. When you do what you can... Um, Teach the children. The more you love it, the more it loves you back. Hashtag Bennington. Hmm. Um, don't be a lemon, be a Bennington. Hashtag Bennington. Hashtag Bennington fan since day one. Breakfast with Hashtag Bennington. A duo in, so nice, they named, it, named a city in Nebraska after them. Hashtag Bennington. Hashtag Bennington? More like Hashtag Bestington. <laughs> 
<laughs> hashtag Bennington times hashtag Bennington equals heart squared than another little heart. Sweet. Gary Spivey predicted this day would come. Hashtag Bennington. I believe he did. Um, I love my dad, but he doesn't have five radio shows. Hashtag Bennington. I only have four radio shows. But Poor current. Yeah, most of them are in real trouble right now. I mean, most of them are just borderline holding together. No. Um, true. Yeah. You have a good team. No, no, it's a bad team. It's a really bad team. That's not true. They showed up for you today. So um, yeah, it was really funny. We walked up here this morning so and cute. two of the three guys were here. But um, yesterday I had a, a post-show meeting. And I don't want to uh, make a big deal out of it, but I'll just say um, Shelby threw up during the meeting and Chris Stanley shit himself. (laughs) No, this didn't happen. uh, Shelby threw up because he got caught in in a lie and uh, Chris shit himself. Because that's just what he does. (laughs) I mean, that's going to happen most of the time. He doesn't worry about it. He doesn't worry about it. He was in a bouncy house and pissed when he was a little kid. He said he was so happy to be in a bouncy house that he pissed himself and just kept bouncing. Yelling, this is great. Well, when you're a kid, you remember that feeling of like you're doing something and you just don't want to stop doing it? You're not mature enough to realize we, we had the a best kid thing our, to do is to go pee at this moment. We uh, had a kid in our neighborhood that would piss himself all the time because he didn't want to miss anything (laughs) and then his his uh mother came and said to me go look could you remind him to pee you know and i was like you're another kid yeah and i go well because i said we were out playing by ourselves and i said i of course i will (laughs) and then he would be like uh, he would go like this. Okay, I'm going to go back to my house for a minute. I go like this. Shh, wait, is that the ice cream truck? Listen, <laughs> listen. I think it's coming. And he would be like, he would just start so to cruel. piss himself. So cruel. Cruel or a way for people to interact in a time before the internet. Before these. Yeah. This before man landed on the internet. This isn't real. No. This is real. 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 This over here. This pens. Real. 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 This lizard. Real. This light switch. Real. Real Topeka people. What about Cameron Crowe? Will you be with him for everything? I will never turn on Cameron Crowe. He has my love for life. For for that movie, right? Yeah. I know. He doesn't have to do a million good things for me to back him up. I know. I think, I think he's got another movie coming out though that I want to see this year. What's that? I don't know. I think it's We Bought a Zoo 2 or something. It's going to be great. Uh, Pulp Radio. Hashtag Bennington. Take two. Hashtag Bennington and listen in the morning. This show makes me happy enough to hashtag Bennington in my pants. <laughs> loving these loving these two strangers learning about each other. Hashtag Bennington. <laughs> these are fun. These are good. Uh, hashtag Bennington, 1-800-RON-ZERO-GALE. It's hip to be hashtag Bennington squared. These are Your nice. chance to do it. They're all nice ones. Um, Bob, Bob, you're on the Run and Fez show. Hey, Ronnie. How are you today? Good. Just called again to congratulate you. 
You know, there's very few entertainers who are known by one name, you know, like Cher and Bono, and uh, you're now in that group. Elvis, just want to call and congratulate you on that. Um, Bennington. Wow. I just got this... I just got this thing um, from Flathead. That's very, very interesting. What's up? Uh, he's doing very, very good. He's he's running a new uh, thing for abstinence. He's got a new record for himself. That's really great. Uh, Jason, Jason, you're on the Run and Fest show. Hey, morning, Ron. Great show. Yeah. I love it. Uh, Gail, I have a question for you. Um, Anytime you brought a date home with your father, I'm not saying it was Ron, I'm just saying whoever your father is, right. um, how would they treat your dates or uh, like that? I mean, was he strict or was he pretty cool with them or how would that go? Um, I think there's a, a quiet uh, intimidation that happens. Really? Yeah. I've witnessed it. I never I'm, thought so. I thought it was incredibly know, cool. You were cool, but yeah. I think that you had to also establish, and you do it with a just just look presence. Yeah, but see, and I'm, I'm probably I didn't pick up on it, but yeah. talking to guys afterwards would be like, "Ooh, that was really scary for me there for a second. I'm Is like, that right? Oh, I didn't know what what was scary. He was being so nice. Well, I was just going, "Hey, man, what's up?" Yeah, exactly that kind yeah. of stuff. What's up, dude? Maybe a firm shake that I wasn't in, no, no, in no, on. No. But, I would never, but, look. There but you've is always a, been a... Well, well uh, see, here's, I'm going to give my thing on that, is that you cannot, and I know this from, like, before, you know, you were old enough to date or anything, from having sisters, that you cannot exert your will over women because it will fucking, it won't work. It's, you know? I, and it's... Well, really, people, because when it comes to uh, matters of the heart, mm-hmm. I think it's a very dangerous game to wedge yourself <coughs> between. You've only, you can only stand outside and say, let's see how this plays out. I hope they a, wake up to what they're doing wrong. Right. You know? But the second somebody starts saying, you know, your, your girlfriend is not okay, your boyfriend isn't okay, I have a problem with your husband, yeah. you're asking for... A divide between you and that person. Yeah. And it's very dangerous when it's, I think, a parent-child relationship. No, you're right. You know? You're right. You've kind of got to They just showed our street. sitting right up front on TV while we're doing this. Is this for But I never thought I went out of my way to do that. But, yeah, I mean, I would. But that thing that you're saying, I probably would do with any man, no matter what the circumstances. Right. That's that's true. That I think you probably have to uh, establish a little dominance. Well, I don't think it has to be dominance, but I think it has to be, here's a place, you know what I mean? Right. This is not a good, you know, you know thing to deal with. Let's, it's better to be friendly. Let's be friendly. Yeah, let's, let's be friendly this. and not be fucking assholes. Um, we are still at hashtag number two has stayed up all day, which by the way, really on cool. the... Uh, Ron and Fez show, we've hashtag trend it many times, but never for the entire length of the show. It normally just be like a joke thing that we yeah. do, and then it drops back down again. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it is really, really uh, weird and cool. 
Hey, Garrison, you're on the Run of Fez show. Yeah, Ron, I, I know you're known or not exactly known for being an early riser. I, I was just going to work out for you doing this, you know, two shows back to back, getting up. I mean, the, when the, the long intro started, was that about the time that your alarm clock went off? Or I'm not a morning person, but I just was talking with Don Wiki Wicklin, and I'm also going to start doing a, a live midnight show. So, um, it's starting to look good. I'm getting the club looking over the clock and I'm starting to be able to fill everything in. Just get it all. Just stay on the air. <laughs> Just stay on the air, dude. You know, a lot of coffee. Still on the air. Making things happen. We're going to break here. Uh, we will be back. It'll be cool if we can keep the hashtag Bennington up for the whole show. I'll read some of those off. Um,. And look, here's the thing. I found that some stuff. So I didn't know that anybody said that that was yeah. weird or intense. Yeah. It's a good thing. Not the not our guy now, though, right? No, no. That's the most comfortable I've ever been with. I know. You, you really yeah. like him. Well, That's he's cool. from the right city. You know yeah. what I mean? He's from the correct city and roots for all the right teams. Exactly. I mean, some of those dunces, what could I fucking tell you? <laughs> you know? That's fair. It's more than fair. Uh, but I was always cool. You were you were always cool. Right back, eight six six run zero fez. It's Bennington. Bennington will be right back. Opie Radio, XM one hundred three, Sirius two hundred six. This is Bennington. Opie Radio, XM one hundred three, Sirius two hundred six.
He shot me down, bang, bang. I hit the ground, bang, bang. That awful sound, bang, bang. My baby shot me down. That's a great Nancy Sinatra who did a couple of things with her dad before, too. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Kill Bill, was that? Uh, yeah. Or Kill Bill Volume 2? Which one? One. Now, uh, we were talking, uh, you know, getting into some generational stuff earlier. By the way, it is Bennington, and the hashtag Bennington still trending uh, throughout the entire show. Uh, as you look up and see Joel Olstein doing his Sirius XM commercial, uh, he's the he's the latest here to Sirius XM, and that commercial runs all the time on TV. Joel uh, came over to Satellite Radio. Look, there's his deal on it, oh, yeah. so he could finally drop the f bomb. You know, when you're doing <laughs> regular churches, you can't do that. You've got to get on. Totally uh, raw. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's raw. <laughs> that guy, I mean, he goes for it. He's actually the sweetest man ever. I don't know. Is that right? Yeah, there's something really just nice about him, um, which I can't say about all those religious guys. Although I do like the new Pope. Are you a fan of the new Pope? He seems like a really swell guy. He yeah, he's seems a swell like one. a really cool guy. He's a swell one. Now, we're talking about cool. Is that a, a lost concept today, you think? Is anyone cool is anyone like like any famous people famous people cool. because are they so out there that you can't be cool anymore you couldn't possibly be keith richards right. or jack nicholson or miles davis well i'll tell you something that probably doesn't help cool is probably uh being so connected it's like they're it's every everyone's li- life is a reality show they right. give, they give a lot of themselves right um so that's probably why it feels like people aren't as cool as they used to be but there there's got to be some cool people out there like i think uh jack white is cool jack white's a throwback and we know nothing about right. him i like little jack white his son that he keeps in the suitcase that's my favorite of the whole white family. Um, but uh, but he, he started with, a, like, even with the white stripes, it was like, were they brother and sister? They tried to pretend yeah. they were brother and sister. Were they we married? We've got no were relation. Right. No relation whatsoever. No relation. We're kind of the white stripes of radio right now. No one knows that's exactly. Yeah. That's how I see myself. Yeah, bad drummer. Bad, a very <laughs> poor drummer with a lot of heart. Do you think she had a lot of heart? I think she was forced to do it against her own better judgment. She was the slave to, yeah. the, to the groove. Um, but didn't you hear something that he actually told her, like, I don't want you to practice. I don't want you to get lessons. He just wanted her to be like a really raw drummer. Like, she, he didn't want her to be polished in any way. No, I... Um I would agree with that. I think unpolished is kind kind of makes things cooler. Yeah. Like I think one of the worst things that ever happened, if you take people uh, 
like Justin Timberlake or Ryan Gosling, the fact that they've been doing this since they were three, yeah. you know, that keeps anything from being cool. Yeah. What the fuck well, we were you, you raised you... to be a star? Just yeah. live a life a little bit. Uh, who was in here? Um, oh, Danny Aiello. Danny Aiello was in here the other day. Had never even taken uh, a theater anything until he was 35. Yeah. What he was doing was running around stealing shit, organizing unions. You know, he was, uh, you know, did a little jail time. He was a boxer. And all that shit later came out in the movies. Yeah. He wasn't a fucking song and dance <laughs> tap man. God damn He's it, Ronnie Gosling! Life. I don't know what's going on with you. Um, he was like a child. He was like a child star, right? Or like Gosling? A, yeah, like on a Disney. Yeah, he was one of those Disney kids. I think they were on the same Disney show together. They were on uh, the new Mickey Mouse show. With JT. Uh, yeah, JT Gosling and Britney Spears. Maybe? Yeah, Britney was part of that. And they all just grew up to be stars. It's like they planted them in the in the ground and then poured water on them. Yeah. And they all grew into these little stars that just didn't seem like there was a lot there. Right. They haven't lived. Um, Dave, Dave, you're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. How are you? Good. Before you hang up on me, I'm not a huge fan of his music or whatever. But I just, I find Daryl Hall to be, like, pretty cool. Like, he lives in the suburbs. He's not pompous. He has famous people over to his house just to jam out. I well, Daryl's house is one of the coolest things that's ever he's happened very to, cool. to the planet Earth. And he's also a great singer. And yeah, um, he's, he's also he's from right outside Philly. See. He also had a, a partner with a mustache who, you know, gets oddly quiet at different times. Right. He has a partner with a mustache where everyone goes, why is his name on the band? Hmm. I've had him. Uh, I, uh, I think he's great. Oatman? Oat. Yeah. The Oatman. You're getting quieter and quieter as we're going along. You're Am getting I? tired? Yeah. No. Is it getting... Uh, it's may, I may be, maybe the, the wiredness is... Uh, is going know. down a little bit? It could be. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe I need to caffeinate. Well, we can do that for you. But everybody uh, here is saying to me, I can't believe that this is her first day doing radio. I go, yeah, it's her first day doing radio, but she's been around it forever. I have been around. But you did, in the background. You did Collins when you were a little girl on the I did Ron and Ron show. I did some characters. Me yeah. and Fez did some bits when I was little. Did you? Yeah. We did have some, some bits. Have you known Fez your entire life? I think almost, like very close. I feel like maybe he was around when I was like four. Yeah, because I actually knew Fez before, you know, you were born, but it didn't work with him yet the first time that he came. So maybe in. I did. Maybe he was he was always around. Well, there were times that he kind of went off um, a couple times. Let me read some of these hashtags. Ah. The, the power of hashtag Bennington. Uh, hashtag Bennington, thank God this is Nextel Channel, because this is fucking great. Hashtag Bennington, finally a, a full slice. Um, the definition of our unguarded, hashtag Bennington. The hell with my cell phone battery life, hashtag Bennington is on. Um, 
And finally, I have a meditation mantra, hashtag Bennington. Is this the same Gail that was married to Paulo and wore a wedding dress around the city for fun? Yikes. You were married no, to Paulo that is for not a while true. when you were crazy. That is not true. I was named after her, though. Um, hashtag Bennington. What does the young Ms. Bennington refer to Fez as? What would you call Fez? Uh, I, I call him Fez. Fezzy. Fezzy wig. Uh-huh. Uncle Fez. Did you ever call him Uncle Fez? Yeah. Auntie Fez? I have. I have called him Auntie Fez. Then I, I stopped because I thought maybe he doesn't want that. I didn't want him to think it was mean-spirited. I remember when uh, you were in school here in New York, and we would go to stuff that you were having at your school, and you would say to people, this is my dad's partner, Fez, (laughs) and they thought that we were married because you introduced us as partners. Also, you know, coming to New York, I I didn't have any, like... Yeah, there friends. was a lot of yeah. In gay. Florida, I didn't have friends who had gay parents, so this was not even in my <laughs> vernacular. Like I didn't yeah. know that was a term, so I was just like, "Yeah, this is my dad's partner." And they're like, "Oh, that's cool. so great! That's so nice! They're really cute." And then I, I had guess. to get up in at a PTA meeting, and you go like this: "Business partner, <laughs> just a business partner." <laughs> But that's really, really funny. Um, but I guess it almost—it must have been such a cultural shock for you to come to New York City. Huh? Yeah, it was. But I was really ready for it. Like I was really excited for it. It was all really overwhelming, but in yeah. a really cool, great way. I remember when we've—I first brought you guys up to the city. We stayed in Times Square, and uh, we were all in the same room because I think I just was talking to them, and then we went back to Florida. Right. So I remember I woke up, and it was like 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, and I look up in the hotel room, and I just see you and your brother, and you were staring out at Times Square, and I just could make out the silhouettes. And see all these lights and all, and I'm like, wow, this is really weird. This is an aggressive thing yeah. to do with some kids. But then I was thinking, that Times Square is completely gone. It the do- one that you guys fell like in love that. with that time. You know what always reminds me of it? Uh, I'm forgetting the name of the movie, but it's like this Irish family comes to New York. Oh, do you I love that? that movie, yeah. The little girl, she says this line, she goes, we heard New York before we saw it. And you would just hear the radio stations. Yeah. But there's a great moment where they pull in for the first time. Like, it's almost like you're coming off the tunnel. Yeah. So, you know, you kind of get thrown right into Midtown. Yeah. And the kids are just like at the window and everything like seems like it's moving so fast. It was totally overwhelming. Um Compared to Florida, it's just what a moving. weird thing to do to your kids, though, right? <laughs> you guys must at least thought, what are they doing? I remember the weirdest thing when we got you signed up for school and all, and uh, we asked about transportation, and we we're like, "Is there, you know, is there bus stops and stuff like that?" And we must look like the biggest yokels, yeah, because they're like. Uh, yeah, we give them these school tokens and they take the train. Yeah. I go, the train? <laughs> yeah. Like a kid on a fucking train <laughs> underground? <laughs> yeah. 
The train where people take their penises out? That train? Yeah, that train. Do you remember, like, testing it out? Yeah. We, like... Because you have, we hadn't been in the city that long, so I had to make sure, and we kept taking the train route, and I would sit further and further away from you. <laughs> and then you're like, this, this next trip, I'm going to be in a totally different car. Yeah. But I'm going to get off at the same stop. And you're just like casing me, making sure I know what stop to get off of. Yeah. You're like, great, great work. Good hustle. You got off yeah. the train in a perfect amount of time. You knew where you were going. It was fuck, it was mind blowing, and you know. And then I look over, and I just like you know, you're playing harmonica with homeless people. I'm like, hey, hey, those are not your friends. That was weird. We'd never really even talked about that since. Yeah. But that one day, we must have taken the train from our apartment to the school yeah. like twelve times. Yeah. Where it went from, okay, Just you running see? drills. Yeah. R- running drills. Um, <laughs> sure. Um, hey, by the way, uh, Dick Cavett unmasked Monday, October 20th, uh, 1 o'clock in um, Sirius XM Studios. His new book is called Brief Encounters. You can go to, there you go, a little extra Joe Aww, for yourself. That is- so sweet. Do you normally do a a couple coffees in the morning, or you would normally be asleep in the morning? I would be um, probably just waking up. Yeah, I never would be. I'm still not normally even up by now. That was a weird feeling, though, getting up this morning. I kind of dug it, though, because it was dark outside. It felt like night. I felt like I was going out for the night in the cab. I was like, this is like I could go out partying. I think I, I didn't know what to expect. I thought yeah. that I was going to be leaving and like it was going to be like the sun was rising as I was leaving. And I walked out and I was like, oh, that's like the moon. It's like blackness. It's, yeah. It felt like I was leaving to go out. You're right. When we do this on mass, you want to sit in and unmask the cabinet with me and just be me and you? All right. <laughs> no. Like, this is my daughter, Gail. So we She'll were thinking. be asking the question. <laughs> Who am I speaking to? Now, she'll ask you a question when I have a small sandwich. Um, I have a half a turkey sandwich that I wanted to finish, and then I'll hop back in. Um, so that is uh, this Monday, October 20th, 1 o'clock at Sirius XM Studios. These Unmasked are coming in so big now, so fast. That they're just stacked up like planes over our hair. I don't even know when we can play you, them all. You do multiple a week now, like well, you several a week. Yeah, this is like three within a week. Two this week, Russell Brand, yeah. the fantastic Russell Brand, who was just great. Um, Dane Cook, who we're playing today at two yeah. and then all weekend. Dane, and I heard this from so many people, particularly his fans, they were like, I. Uh, I never saw him like that. He was so he was he came in as the regular guy, not the big over the top Dane Cook. That's very cool. It was a really really cool experience to hang out with him like that too. Yeah, he seems. I mean, his he's got a character, I guess, that he does. Is I didn't realize it was a character, but it seems like you know that's a kind of an over the top. Yeah, I think every comedian does somewhat. Of a character. You should, probably. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you'd be crazy not to. I know when I talked to Joan Rivers, she was like, no, I'm an actor playing a comedian, but I'm a great actor. Right. And the only thing she ever cared about was her acting. Everything else that was just bullshit to her. Right. But she really took acting serious. 
Well, that's yeah, that's cool. You know who else did? Marlon Brando. Really, he took it very seriously. Took it very serious and decided to change acting for everybody. It wasn't a joke to him. No, not until the end, and then it all became a big, crazy joke that he didn't give a shit about. Um, let's go over here to uh, JC in New Jersey. You're on the run of Fez show. Hey, Ron, I think uh, Fez is killing it as Gail Bennington. Very believable, amazing. Just it's the newest Fez character. Hello, Doing really everybody. cool. Uh, hi. Let's see some of these new hashtags. Um, hashtag Bennington, the new cool. Hashtag Bennington, the better way to spend your time. Hashtag Bennington, bringing back the fucking cool. Hashtag Bennington, yeah, I got four radio shows and I raise cool kids. What's it to you? Getting a strange hunger for a hoagie for some reason. Hashtag Bennington. Hashtag Gail Bennington. That uh, we always do this thing for Thanksgiving where um, you go to Philly after spending, but that becomes Hoagie Day. That's the big Hoagie Day. Yeah, because then you have a second Philly Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. Your better one, as you call it. My Thanksgiving too, with a Hoagie in between. (laughs) (laughs) It's really the best thing for you. It's the healthiest way to be. Two Thanksgiving dinners. I don't even know what were what big uh, football games this weekend because the eggs are they are, are off by week. Bisexual is what it stands <laughs> for. They're going to date men and women this weekend. Philadelphia Eagles. They're so unguarded. Yeah, it's important to be unguarded. You know, we're during learning. the season. <laughs> What's your button say there? Which one? You're oh. rocking a button. It says "Lonesome No More." Oh, what's that? All it's about? Uh, from a Kurt Vonnegut book uh, called Slapstick. What are you going to bring up Kurt Vonnegut? Like I've never heard of him. I don't. I didn't. I know that you've. Heard oh, of you're him. speaking to the audience. I'm, okay, I'm telling I everyone. Guess. I'm letting everyone know. It's my favorite Kurt Vonnegut. It's not really? his favorite. He gave it a D. He was given. There was like an interview or something with him where he went through and graded all his books, and he gave that one a D. But when he discussed it, it sounded like for lack of a success, he gave it a D, not because he didn't think it was a good book. But it's it's a great book. Why would anyone go back and grade their work? I don't know. He just was trying to be honest. He was the coolest, though, right? He, he was the best. You know, I saw him once on the street. Never saw him. Someone's walking down the street in New York City because he used to live right around here in Turtle Bay, yeah. not that far from here. And it was like, as it was like seeing something that you, it was like seeing Fred Flintstone or something. Like yeah. it was so far gone to me that I couldn't believe what I was saying. You can put that on the list of regrets there. I never. Got to meet him, see him. It was very heartbreaking. I didn't know day. that you had a list of regrets. That's so sad that you keep that. <laughs> well, I've just been... Because we were talking about <laughs> bands we didn't get to see. Yeah. So I just you, thought I'll throw Vonnegut in there, even though it's not a musical what, act. You will get to see him in Author Heaven when you yeah. go to Author Heaven. Where's Arthur. Vonnegut? Um, he, I saw Kerouac yesterday. It's going to be so great. Vonnegut today. I'm trying to. Think. I'm going to dog heaven. You know, I mean, if I'm going to go over my favorites, it's embarrassing to say what I would probably pick because it's his, it's his most successful work. 
Slaughterhouse. Yeah, I'm not going to. I shouldn't even pick He gave it an guy. A. So there you go. Oh, he did give he it gave, an A. He gave that one an A. He proudly gave Slaughterhouse an A. As he should. It's a great book. I'm just saying I have a personal connection to uh, Mother Night is actually yeah, it's one of my all-time favorite things that could ever happen. Um, Breakfast of Champions. Weirdly, I love Jailbird, and not, I know everybody didn't. I got a signed Vonnegut, you know. What? Someone gave me Galapagos. It's signed by him. I, know, I knew that. That's really cool. I, I would... Uh, I would leave it to you, but, you know, mm. I don't want everybody to wait until I'm dead so you can have it if you want. It was given to me as uh, as a present from uh, a listener. That's a great present. Yeah, I don't know whether they signed it themselves, though. No, I know that they didn't. Um, but you'll be leaving it to me. Yeah, I guess but so. I will. Cat's Cradle I dug, too. That's a great one. Now I actually think that Mother Night might be my favorite. Because that's the whole thing uh, of we we become what we pretend to be. You yes. Know? I love that saying. Because it happens to you so many times in, in life. That's right. That you're true. like, I'm going to act like I'm, you know, doing this job for a while. And then before you know it, you're, you're just, that guy. You're that dude. It. Yeah. And that's uh, a positive and a negative. You can turn things for the better in that way. You can say, I'm going to act like... Somebody who's I'm going to act happy, like a better person. A better person. I'm going to act happy. I'm going to act confident, even though maybe I'm not feeling confident. There's positives to that as well. I'm going to act like a baby and just start bitching about everything and mm -hmm. scream until I get my way. Yeah. Um, that Texas nurse being moved for Ebola. Oh, it boy. looks like a crazy movie. That looks like E.T. Yeah, there's a thing. I was just reading an article this morning. Within three weeks, half the country is going to have Ebola. No. Within... Um, Please, God, no. Within seven weeks, the only of us still alive will envy the dead. Terrifying. That's scary. I that hope doesn't that doesn't happen. Me. I've had a nice life. What am I going to do? You Some know? people still have a lot of life left. Even I think a baby's <laughs> had a nice life. <laughs> We've all had nice lives when you think of it. Yeah, except for abused babies. They haven't <laughs> had. The worst life. <laughs> yeah, this they is, have the worst life. This is so sad. I think the only people I do feel really sorry dark. for about this Ebola is abused babies. Um, Rochelle in Jersey. Hi. Hey. Hi, Hi Bennington. Um, I was just trying to say, if I had to meet anybody in author heaven, it would be Ray Bradbury. I really like Ray Bradbury. Um, oh, he's, he's on my list he, of regrets that I never got to meet him. We and Chris, I told Chris to get me Ray Bradbury. And it was right before he died, there was a book about him that he'd done with another guy. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. And it was looking like he might come in. And he was doing this really heavy Republican stuff. You know what I mean? Like real right-wing yeah. stuff. And I'm like, I don't give a shit. I'll, I'd love to have him on. Because he was the guy that got me into science fiction for yeah. real. He makes yeah. science fiction cool. You think so? Yeah. He was the guy? Yeah, I think he does. I think he approaches it in a way that it's uh, a mystical thing as opposed to a... Scientific thing? Nerdy thing. Mm. Well, and Carl Sagan. I think Carl Sagan did as well. Yeah. It's Carl Sagan, please. What can he ever do with his life? 
What when was it? The Bradbury die that was. When was it? Just a couple years ago. That was pretty recent. Yeah. 2012, from what I understand. 2012. Um, Have you read the the Illustrated Man? The that was stories? the first one. That was, yeah. That was given to me by my brother. Is that right? Who you know as well. I've met him, um, <laughs> but he's never answered back to me when I was talking to him. I actually had to read the Illustrated Man as a punishment from a teacher. I had to stay after school and uh, and read a book, and I reached over and pulled that one out. Wow! And I read it, and then it was it was the woman's name was Miss Tiaflack. and I said, "Hey, you got any more of those Bradburys? That might be a good way to get started around here." Right. And uh, oh, I love them. There's actually a um, a movie, Illustrated Man. Have you ever seen it? I it's really not good. Um, but but while well, we're saying, I got into science fiction a lot when I started to be a kid, and that opened that finally got me into you know, yeah, reading novels and stuff. It's best to be brought in on one level, you know. Yeah. Also, short stories are a good in, I think, for young people too. Like into fiction or into like reading in general. It's like the attention span. But you know why what I mean? do we like always just act like reading is so good for the young? I was talking about this the other day, and I'm like, why don't we go back and read all those classics oh, that God, they try I think to about force that on all the time? School. There's so many books that were. Which is wasted on me because it just the timing wasn't right for it. But why do we act like when someone goes, "Oh, did did you read Moby Dick?" And you're like, "Yeah, in tenth grade, it's yeah. for kids." But you wouldn't do that with a movie. Yeah, you know, I saw The Godfather probably in tenth grade, yeah. and I want to watch that every time it comes it's on. True. I read Moby Dick later in life and was able to appreciate it. But if I had been any younger, I, w- I think it would have been really a struggle. But there's like certain Hemingway books that I was just like, huh? And I, I would like to reread them because I feel like uh, uh, Hemingway, especially a young woman, is maybe right. going to have a hard time connecting to that. It's hard for young women to read books about sleeping bags and fucking fires. <laughs> we cooked the beans over the fires. It was good. <laughs> but Hemingway, I remember reading that, going, I thinking to myself, hey, you know what? Maybe I could write. <laughs> Get myself into a war, too? Maybe I'm a writer. I don't know. I sit there and chicken scratch. I still think out of all the arts, that's the most impressive thing to do. It is. Write a novel. I think... More than visual arts? Anything. More than making a film. Yeah. More than, you know, Broadway. More than painting. I think that would also be really cool to hold something published... That you, that kind of physical accomplishment, you're just. I would like it. to read it out to people. This is an the birds were chirping <laughs> as I woke up on that Sunday morning. My head throbbing from too much scotch and soda. Everyone has to sit there and just fucking listen to you read it. <laughs> Abigail sat <laughs> in her chair. Look at me when I'm reading. God damn it. That would be the coolest. It would be really cool. I think being a painter would be really cool to have a a physical yeah. talent that is undeniable. Like I, I'm in awe of people who can paint like really photorealistic 
portraits or, you know, just huge scale. Dude, you've got to see this fucking documentary. It was just on the other night. And it's about the painter who did the girl with the the earrings, the, the whatever. Pearl yeah, the pearl earrings. What is it that you're doing over there? I can't begin to tell you how loud you are. Out in 15. So I'm preparing myself in the next 15 minutes. Okay, I only have 15 minutes to finish this story. Um, but it is so amazing that I uh, sat there and, and died because this guy went back to recreate some of that stuff because some of it was uh, more or less cheating, more or less. Right. There was photography in those days in a certain way. Oh, yeah. There were ways of, but it was photography with painting. It's amazing. I'm not going to give away any more of it. Yeah, I, I'd, I'd but like you can to go see back. That. Yeah, Vermeer is the is the painter, but basically he was using mirrors and stuff and putting the image, oh, and then I see. copying yeah. in. Yeah, you know the Tracer. image. Yeah, he was somewhat of a tracer. It's it's stunning. It's a stunning documentary. By the way, documentary film has gotten so much better. It has, yeah. I've got 15 minutes helpful. to wrap this up. 15 minutes. That's helpful. Uh, to wrap this one up. 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. Um, 866-RON-ZERO-FEZ. I will be doing the Ron and Fez show uh, later on this afternoon, and Artie Lang is going to be a guest today. Is that correct? Artie Lang will be in. He's got a big uh, show this uh, weekend on Comedy Central. Um, I think it's called The Stench of Failure, which is hysterical. <laughs> also, I've been told this. Uh, Bennington replays this Sunday at 4 o'clock and will be available on demand later today. And the next Bennington is Friday... October 31st, that's in two Spooky. weeks. Now, yeah, that will be our big be this Halloween <laughs> series that we work on. Uh, Chris Stanley and I saw a woman yesterday in the elevator who was incredibly excited because she had her costume, which was a sexy ladybug. Oh, God. And she was telling the people at work from uh, from NBC, how excited she is because she's going to dress up as a sexy ladybug. Yikes. So one or either me or Chris went like this on the elevator. Oh, <laughs> just oh. Did we she were just discuss? Yeah, she, they all heard it. Oh God. Those uh, NBC people, even when they outnumber you, they still don't want to physically fight. <laughs> the sexy costumes make me feel. Uncomfortable in the very, you you can see people are selling a sexy costume for a young girl. They like do in it a for kids, children now, a kid size. Yeah, it because, makes me feel weird. Well, the kids uh, want to. Do, yeah, the kids want to be part of it because their moms do. Uh, Josh in Wisconsin. Yeah, that movie uh, about Ramir. That's a uh, Penn and Teller produced that called Tim's Ramir. Uh, Penn talks about it a lot on his podcast. I think he talked about it on. Uh, the other show as well, but uh, I haven't got to see it yet because I can't. Oh find yeah, it. you're right. Penn and Teller were the producers, and Teller directed this thing, and it was very smart to have him because there was, 
you know, a magician's, you know, creed to this whole kind of stuff. Yeah, wow. You know, you're working a carny angle on it. It's it's a really, really terrific documentary. So Tim's veneer. So a regular guy who's never painted before sets out to do one of those paintings. That's... And veneer is probably considered the greatest painter of all time, at least by some people. Yeah. Who's your favorite painter today? Living or? Living dead. It doesn't matter. Uh, ah, that's tricky. I don't know. I can't. I'm uh, I'm in a David Hockney thing, and I can't even understand yeah. it. I just want to see those backyard swimming pools, and I don't understand why. I don't. I don't even think I'd like to be in any of those places. But when I look at those paintings, they slay me. Yeah, slay me. Are they big? Vermeer. Skin? Vermeer. People want me to know. Thank you. Vermeer. Are they big? What? Paintings? Like large scale? Why would they have to be large for you? No, no, I'm just curious. They got to be schnabel size. Or like, like a nice schnabel <laughs> sized painting. It's schnabeled up. Um, here's uh, Mike. Mike, you're on the Run and Fez show. Not Run and Fez. You're on Bennington. Yeah. Hashtag Bennington. Hello. Yeah. How are you? Yeah. Um, the ESPN documentaries I do. What's that? Thirty for Thirty? Is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, there was a black baseball player, um, and it was on a documentary, 30 for 30, and he was uh, a so-called artist as well. And I believe he played for the Cardinals or the Red, but he was doing the same thing as far as the uh, the painting with the photography. He would, he yeah. would get a picture. You're talking um, about I the forget- great Joe Morgan, second baseman for yes, the Red Machine. Yes, yes. So is I that who it is? Was. No, no it I haven't him. seen that, but I definitely uh, would want to see it. Um <clears throat> I love those 30 for 30s. They're great. You know somebody who directed one of those, too. He did the, yeah. the one on Bell. Mike Bonfiglio. Mike Bonfiglio. Mm-hmm. You had him in. Yeah, I did. Um, by the way, uh, Bennington will be available on demand later today. And the next Bennington is Friday, October 31st. In two weeks. In two weeks, when we'll be doing the next uh, Bennington. Hey, uh, Dave, Dave, you're on the Run and Fest show. Morning, Ron. Good morning, Gail. Good morning. Uh, going back to authors for a second, I've actually been wanting to thank you for turning me on to Philip Carlo some time ago. And I've read all his stuff, and uh, what a loss, and it's really sad there's no more of that. Philip Carlo, it was very funny. My friend Jack last night was just asking me what was my favorite interviews I've ever done, and I forgot this one. <clears throat> Philip Carlo was a true crime writer. And his, you know, Brooklyn guy, his stuff was scary as shit. Because yeah. it was about, I mean, you, you're going to know some of the places that pop up in right. this, right? Yeah. But he got this disease, and I think it was like the Lou Gehrig's disease. And he came in, uh, his wife kind of wheeled him in, and he actually had a breathing tube, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm interviewing him about the book, and what he would do is why I was asking the question, he would have the breathing tube in his mouth. And then when I was finished, he would sit and tell me the next thing. I'd never met him before. Wow. And we got in this long conversation, and he would talk and answer until like the last couple seconds he was completely out and it would go back to that tube and i would go into the next question right 
and he would be getting his oxygen while he was listening to me to answer the next thing. And it probably was not apparent, maybe, to people listening. Like, obviously. Well, I think you could probably hear the machine and stuff right. at home. But to know what he went through and that he would, you know, investigate these stories and then would have to, I, I, you know, put it together. So he would have to think of paragraphs at a time, you know what I mean, yeah. before he could start to write. He was an extraordinary guy and an incredible guy, beautiful wife. And they kind of lived as almost one person, you know, he was yeah. that, he was so dependent on her that he would die if she wasn't there to do these things. But he was incredibly a cool dude. Like he was a guy who was friends with Mickey Rourke and used to hang out in clubs in the cities and stuff back when it was like a really badass town, you know, he was one of the most interesting people I've ever met. That's I've got awesome. to meet so many, many interesting people in this job. Um, here is, um, here's Jay and PA. You're on the Run of Fez show. Hey, Ron. Hey, Gail. Yeah. Um, Ron, I, in my opinion, you have a brilliant mind, and your other shows that I've listened to, that shows through with your questions and with your wit and humor. I'd like to say thank you, because I think in this show, you've done something braver than anything, which is let us have a little peek behind that curtain, and we got to see a bit of the whiz. I've been stuck on every interaction that you and Gail have had, stories or opinions or how you even coached her before she watched Pulp Fiction. It really has allowed us just to see that little bit, but that little bit just feels like a universe that I've learned about you. Well, thanks. It's really uh, weird. By the way, people pointed out that every time I go to the phones, I do say the Ron and Fez show. <laughs> <laughs> I should have to put like a quarter in the uh, in the tip jar. Well, we got to get ready to uh, wrap this one up. Did you have a good time in I here today, Gail? I had a great Gail? time. Thank you so much for doing this. This was really weird and cool, and I had, it was an awesome experience to finally do this with you. It's it it, it was incredibly <laughs> crazy. But I remember when I got the idea, and I thought, wow, this would really weird everybody out. And when I said it to you, you weren't. 100% on board. Yeah, well, you know, I'm I'm a guarded person as well. Are you really? Yeah, I'm very private. I don't, yeah, I'm a private person. I'm going to come off that way. Really? Yeah. But that's because I'm around you. I'm very comfortable with you. I've known you <laughs> most of my whole life. <laughs> well, found you in a basket. Found you in a basket it's as a, a child. in a basket. Bastard in a basket. There you are. <laughs> This is a family operation. <laughs> My daughter's here with me. We'll get you some steak and milk, right? That's how we get our hearing back. Steak and milk. <laughs> what are you looking at? Um, so we got to wrap this up, but this was really, really cool. Thank you so we'll much. We'll have to for... see what happens uh, on Halloween yeah. by October the 31st if you want to stop in. Now, I'll be doing the Ron and Fez show over on Raw Dog, and then at 3 o'clock today, Sam will be doing the show that he calls Sam's House of Pancakes. And it's a it's a cooking show that he does, but it's a little different from anything else. He stalks, hunts, kills, slaughters, and then cooks the food up himself. Um, today, it's buffalo. Now... 
the Indians would use all of the buffalo except but, for one part. What part is that? The dick. They would <laughs> not use the dick. And there was some religious reason to, and this was all the Native American tribes. And the reason there, mm-hmm. and it might have been a superstition though, while they would not use that part of the buffalo, you know what it was? I don't know what it was. Because it was the dick, and they did not want to eat it or make it into a jacket. So that's it. We're wrapping up. Thank you, everybody. Thanks so Uh, much. See you again in a couple weeks, or you can listen to Rana Fest just on the other (laughs) channel. See you guys uh, later on. You've been listening to Bennington, only on OP Radio, XM 103, Sirius 206. You can listen to it again by going to Sirius XM On Demand.